0: Bearcat Bounce Podcast. I'm back at it again. Happy Monday. It's a it's a beautiful Monday after watching one man from the city of Cincinnati run from one end zone to the other. A defensive <laughs> player, that is. Houday Nation getting pretty doggone excited about that Monday. It's a Monday after back-to-back two wins in a row for the first time in conference play for West Miller and the basketball team, and it is Monday following yet again another great week of adding transfers building the roster and seeing what coach Scott Satterfield can do in year one at the helm of the football program so hey without further ado we're going to talk about all of it I'm going to bring in my guys sidekicks partners Aaron Smith Chad Brando Ryan Royer gentlemen how are we Ryan,
1: how are we? <laughs> We're going to learn from last week.
0: God. I'm
1: feeling good. Uh, got the day off of work. Um, so, feeling energized and watched a lot of football. Uh, it was a good weekend.
0: There you go. Columbus, Ohio, <laughs> location for you. Yeah. Drop the pin, head on over there. Aaron <laughs> Smith, how are we, brother?
2: Doing well. Got through the weekend. My mom came to visit. Um, our, the baby's starting to get to where she's going to be crawling soon i think she's starting to eat starting to eat real food she had broccoli and sweet potatoes and eggs and Ooh. um now she needs she's... some steak <laughs>
0: that's
2: that's what i hear I, I hear it's like jerky for kids i don't know yeah look <laughs> i did eat a steak this weekend oh how was it we oh. were at texas roadhouse it wasn't very good <laughs> how, how, did it,
3: how did you have it prepared
2: um, it was filet, but it was. Uh,
3: no, how did you have it cooked? Medium. Okay. Not mm-hmm. bad.
0: Not bad. I was okay. hoping you weren't a medium well guy. No, no. Or, uh, well, well done, side of ketchup type A thing. lot
1: of guys on the football team would do well done at our uh, game dinners. And I was mm-hmm. just like, they. a lot of guys hated the no red at all. <laughs> They've been. There's no Reddit. There's no Reddit. Like, yeah. <laughs>
3: it, it's not still alive guys. It's dead. I promise.
1: <laughs> I would I always promise. be like, oh, you guys don't know how to eat a steak. They, Cause they get well done or put a one all over it. I'm like, you get, we got to take you guys somewhere to show you how to really eat a steak. All
3: right. Aaron, I'm going to give you a piece of fatherly advice. And it seems counterintuitive now, but if you listen, you'll understand later do not teach your kid about good food.
2: Oh, yeah, I mean, you messed up with the what was what was her kick for a while? Was it crawfish?
3: Crawfish, she loves steak, filet mignon, she loves like, you know. You don't
2: get filet, you get sirloin.
3: Yeah. Um, until
2: you can she, buy your own filet.
3: She loves expensive breakfast places with like, you know, really good high-end breakfast. Uh, she likes like $6 coffee drinks. Um yeah, don't don't teach your kid about good food and, until as late as humanly possible. Yeah, because until of,
1: they have a job.
3: <laughs> shit is expensive these days. And uh yeah, it's better if they don't know. It's much better <laughs> if they don't know. That's a lesson I like I'm learning the hard way right now. Dad, can I order Uber Eats like while I'm at the hospital with Kelly? And then you look and it's like forty (laughs) seven dollars, and I'm like, did you did you feed the neighbors? No, I just got some stuff for me.
1: Uber Eats will get you, man. Like there's so many times, just lazy, and then I'm like, oh man, let's get a burger. Or the late night when you've had too much to drink, a McDonald's, you get two McChickens for fifty bucks. So, (laughs) (laughs) Royer, that happened to be
0: it. We had a Uh, glover after some pops, and it turned into an eighty dollar Taco Bell order. And I have no idea how that. And you're
1: and you're you're drunk, so you're not even thinking anything of it. You're like, oh, I don't care. Give me the two fries, two McChickens, run you sixty. You're like, whatever. (laughs) Then the worst. This is what I've done. This is my most shameful one. You fall asleep.
0: Yep, 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 yep.
1: You fall asleep, and you wake up the next morning. You see it outside, and you're like, Do I eat this? Yeah, you got breakfast. Do I? Yeah. You walk back and forth, and you're like, probably not. I might get sick.
3: So when I lived in LA, we had uh we had a fat burger really close to us. Fat burger's awesome, by the way. If you've never had fat burger, it's better than in and out. Um, we had a fat burger next to us, and we went to fat burger one night after the bars, and they have this thing called the King Burger that's just absolutely massive. <laughs> and my buddy, we got back to our our townhouse. And he fell asleep on the couch. He ate like half of it and fell asleep with it in his hand on the couch and woke up at like, you know, 930 the next morning. and was like, "Hmm. (laughs) breakfast. (laughs) I could have started crushing (laughs) it. (laughs) There
0: you go. Oh, shit. I mean, yeah, I heat it up and I eat it. I don't care.
1: When did you live in L.A., Chad?
0: Uh, 99, 2000.
1: Just a little two-year gig.
3: Just had a buddy that moved out there. And the night they got out there, they went to a bar in Redondo Beach and sat down at the bar and met these two guys. Started doing shots of Jaeger with these two guys that just so happened to be Trey Parker and Matt Stone, the creators of South Park. No way. And then they met these three hot chicks from Peru that night at the same bar while they were partying. And he called me at like three in the morning, so like six in the morning back here. And he was like, dude, do what you gotta do. Let's go. And two <laughs> weeks later I was in my car driving to LA. Wow.
1: Was it a fun time?
3: Uh yes. This is a, bit, a part, lot of where stories. were you at out there? Hermosa Beach. Okay. Nice. So it was a lot of stories. A lot of stories I could I could tell from our <laughs> our time in LA. It was it was a good time. I miss it. Out chat there.
1: LA it. Chat
3: LA podcast or
1: something.
0: Chat um, Runyard
3: went to the <laughs> yeah. Playboy Mansion. Had a guy from back here that grew up with uh, Carmen Electra. So we went out with Carmen and her friends clubbing a couple times in LA. <laughs> wow, you do got some stories on you. It's yeah, it was it was the guy that we knew that was that was out there, uh he owned a bar called Harios. And Hario's was like the LA Kings bar. So uh-huh. after every LA Kings game, all the, the hockey groupies would all gather at Hario's and wait for the Kings to come
1: Okay. And, uh,
3: <laughs> and get drunk after the game. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was a fun lot of my! I miss nice. it. Do you ever go to the but,
1: comedy store out there?
3: No. So I used to go to, we lived right by what's called the comedy and magic club. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in Hermosa beach. It was right down the street from us. So we went there a lot, best comedy and magic club story. Like it's a place where it's, you know, it's kind of away from Hollywood and, and all that scene. So a lot of the comics would come work on their new stuff at the comedy and magic club, because it was, you know, a little bit off the beaten path. So one night we're there and we're hanging out and the show gets done and the, the MC comes up and he's like, uh, Sorry, I look terrible tonight. I probably won't be on camera much, but he's uh, he's like, hey, if anybody wants to stick around, uh, we got a guy that wants to work on some of his new material. If you guys want to check it out, it's like if you want to leave, now's the time to leave. But if you want to stay, you can. You're more than welcome to stay and you know watch as long as he's here, ladies and gentlemen, Robin Williams. <laughs> oh my! We goodness. were like, holy shit! So it was like. <laughs> It was like almost two hours of him. He was getting ready to go on tour and do a new, like a new act. So it was like two hours of him, just like that worked. This didn't. That was funny. This sucks. Like just stream of conscious. Two hours from Robin Williams. That's awesome. awesome. That's awesome.
1: (laughs) There we go. Some good shit on there.
0: (laughs) Lots of stories from L.A. Yeah, we'll do a chat after dark one night. We need it. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> we'll get the we'll put that on like the like you got to pay a hundred dollars to watch this that's this on Sunday the patreon weekend. yeah Let's yeah. start the patreon <laughs> yeah like really gotta pay so i'm in i'm in but yeah I, I mean speaking of fun trips uh you know i had a really fun trip one time to this place called danco transmission and i don't care <laughs> where uh where oh where danco joe hooked it up he was able to get my car rocking and rolling and uh i was able to uh Still use it today, and and I'm very happy for that. So shout out to Danco Joe, head on over there, ten dollars off your next uh, oil change, ten percent off your next fixing. Uh, mention you know Chad Brendel, Aaron Smith, Ryan Royer, maybe Demar Johnson. See you later, Dizzle James. Hello, you know just just you know chop it up, Bearcat wise. Make sure you see Danco Joe and mention BCJ and the VBP and get that uh, get that fixing on your fixing. So, but uh, guys. A two and a week for the basketball team. It's it's kind of been a week past. Aaron, I know you and uh Dave broke down the, the big win against ECU 83 55. Domination 53.8 percent from three. You got two players with double doubles. One David DeJulius with 11 points, 12 assists. First time since Troy Copain to do that. Uh, anything else from that game, guys? Or are we, we ready to roll on a little SMU chat, Ryan? Fun to, fun to see a refreshing, easy win like ECU. Yeah,
1: they needed that. Just kind of a game where they go take care of business. No no hiccups. Just go out there and get it done. You love seeing 30-point blowouts. I think this team needed that.
0: Chad, you uh, you haven't been able to I, – I don't think you have really mentioned your thoughts on that ECU game. Is that kind of just two games ago, just take the big win and roll on?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's, it, you know, they, they came out, they shot it, they passed it really well, they shot it really well, they hit the glass hard, like, they, they, they're they starting to defend. Like, if you look at the Ken metrics since after the Xavier game, the defense is significantly ahead of the offense, right. which if you would have told me that was possible without Newman and Phenasy this season, I would have told you you were right. – you had some good stuff that I would like to share with you. Um <laughs> But they, uh, LA,
0: right? Yeah. You know. Yeah.
3: You brought, brought, you got that Cali, got that Cali green. Cali stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, they, 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 they look like a team that has some potential when they play like that, but that's the good thing about SMU that we'll get to here in a second. You have to, you have to be able to win both ways. You have to show. And Ryan knows this, man, you guys went through it a multitude of times. Like, Sometimes you gotta win with defense. Sometimes it's it's sometimes it's that game at ECU where Holton Ahlers was out of his mind. And you gotta you gotta get out there and win with offense. You gotta be able to yep. dance all the dances, as McCronin yeah. used to uh used to say.
1: <clears throat> and at the end of the day it's all about getting the win. You know, an ugly win against SMU, who's struggling a little bit at six and twelve, is is way better than than losing to him, that's for sure. So We'll take it's the way win. better
3: than a yeah. than an than an 83 81 loss right like yeah where, you, yeah where you play great on offense and whatever
1: <clears throat> yeah so a win's a win especially this team needs momentum and two wins in the conference in a row that's that's good we're in the right direction right now now we just got to keep winning the games we're supposed to win and then we gotta we gotta keep games uh keep our consistency up on the road because that's when you know that's when it's going to be the hardest road in conference road games
3: there was one thing i wasn't happy with about the smu game smu or ecu smu okay uh, do you want to uh, you want me to wait until we get to smu i don't think there's a whole lot more to say you know, i was
0: gonna game. ask aaron anything more on ecu you you gotta wrap it up in the, in the bcj pod yeah no i don't have anything to add on that i haven't given another thought since we <laughs> right. talked on the bcj pod
2: so yeah
0: well mm. I, I mean i think Arguably, it was probably the best performance of the season. Uh, only other biggest spread of victory was against Chaminade, who I think we're starting to see is was, was kind of a, in essence, a, an exhibition type game. Um, but uh, you know, it, it, after the game though, Chad, Aaron, Ryan, perfect segue into SMU. You saw that West in the post game press conference said, You know, these games are great, love, love the Chris passing, blah blah blah. But his favorite games are the ones that where you're shooting. 20 or 30 percent and you know you you lean on defensive rebounding to to pull out the victory well the the team must have listened to the postgame press conference and they said we like to make coach happy so they must have immediately been like okay well we got to give coach this type of game at smu and pull out a win still so that he can be happy because those are his favorite kind of games but chad what was the one thing that you were mentioning that really kind of kind of kind of pissed you off in the smu game
3: I didn't think they handled the physicality well. I, I thought it was very clear from the beginning that the officials were going to let a lot go in that game. It, it looked like a game from five, six years ago before they started enacting the freedom of motion stuff. They were bumping cutters, you know, they mm-hmm. they clearly had watched the tape from ECU and said, we can't let these guys get a rhythm. Yep. We We've got to, we've got to, ugly it up we got to be physical with them hack them hold them grab them um and it was clear that the game was going to be called that way it was called both ways that way this this isn't to say the officiating was bad this is to say that the officiating made it clear what type of game it was going to be and Cincinnati I didn't think adjusted as well as you need to uh, to that physicality. And I think that's what took them out of a lot of their offensive flow. Um, it, they, they didn't allow themselves that mentality that, okay, like this is, this is how it's going to be. We have to play through this. I thought it let them, they let it get to them a little bit. Um, and, and that's another one of those things on the road, man. Like you have to be able to take into account the way the game is being officiated Mm-hmm. And and put that into practice, like put that into action of, uh, okay, so you, you, we know we're going to get hit if we go to the rim. Well, play off two feet, play stronger, play to get the foul and get to the foul line. Um, and I, I thought they shied away from that physicality a little bit. So that's another one of those learning experiences, I think, that like, you know, you're figuring out who you are, you're figuring out what you're about, now you've got to you've got to incorporate like the things like this is how the game's being called, and we have to make sure that we're ready for the way that the game is being called, and, and that we can adjust uh, our style of play to that. Because I thought they let it get to them, I thought they let it frustrate them, um, and I thought they let it they let it take them out of sync uh, on the offensive end. So, uh, just one thing I meant to mention it. The other night in the in the uh nightcap that we did. And we I think we got to like twenty-four minutes and I hadn't gotten to it yet. So I didn't yeah. want to add five more minutes onto the show. Figured I would talk about it here. But Ryan, that's a thing though, right? Like if you're noticing the officials are letting the corners jam the little bit farther down the field, or you're yeah. letting the offensive lineman hold a little bit, like you you've got to be able to put that into into your, you know brain cavity that all right this is how it's going to be today let's make it let's make it to our advantage instead of making it to our uh disadvantage
1: yep I mean you got to know <clears throat> you got to adapt your game and then at the same time you say oh we can play like that I mean Cincinnati we got physicality written in our DNA that's something we've lived and died off of in the in the in the decades. Um, going back to like Bob Huggins and stuff like that. So <clears throat> I think that's something that we can take advantage of ourselves and, you know, maybe even implement that a little bit more into our game, you know, tough bear cap basketball is something we need to keep trying to get back to.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting. You bring that up as well. Cause you saw Houston was having the physicality obviously, and Victor Lockett took it upon himself to go at the physicality and I thought they
3: handled it well against Houston. Right.
0: Parade to the free throw line is what he was able but to do. But the game was
3: called differently. Right. The game in the, the Houston game actually was about as fairly officiated as, as I've seen a Houston game, mm-hmm. you know, because they got called for a lot of their that, you know, that stuff that they like to do, where a lot of times Houston's philosophy is just they can't call them all. We're going to value a right. hundred times a game and they're only going to call 30, 25 of them, whatever. Yeah. So they handled it well there. I just didn't think it traveled on the road. I thought. SMU kind of brought the physicality and UC let it let it impact
0: their offense. And it's weird because with SMU, they their coach kind of said that they understand that the NCAA tournament is probably pretty unlikely this year. They they said, you know what, the you know even making it to the NIT is pretty unlikely. So they kind of shift their focus on just continuing to improve as they head into the next season. So I, it's kind of strange. You know, they maybe that that refreshing thought in their mind led to them just amping up the physicality because before that they were giving up like an average of 88 points or 89 points per game over their last three. So they really amped it up though. Um, You gotta be ready for
3: a team to do that though.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You have to, which I think defensively Cincinnati was able to kind of respond there. Like you said, with on the offensive side of the ball, it was kind of, it wasn't really there. Um, Especially with the, with a couple of key players, but you know, they were able to pull it out though. Uh, Aaron, you were able to talk about it in, in the nightcap, obviously, but mm-hmm. a, couple, a couple days removed. Uh, main storyline or, or topic that you kind of thought about since then? Um,
2: I guess like I'm still just kind of frustrated by Landers Nolly. Like, I've, I don't feel like he was aggressive enough. Um, you know, he comes out hot early on and then just kind of goes like and I asked, I asked, Chad this, like, I don't know if it's the, that he isn't adjusting to the adjustments that are being made or if he's just trying to let everybody else eat when they do send double teams to him. Um, but regardless, he doesn't drive to the hoop when it, it seems like they try to, when, when the opposition tries to take him out, he kind of allows that to happen um, as opposed to just cutting to the hoop or um Taking like creating offense as opposed to um, just passing the ball off, which I feel like is, is happening in these games.
0: Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting because he made like three straight, you know, mid range jumpers, that, that little step back. They, you know, they mm-hmm. called it the Dirk Nowitzki shot a couple yeah. times on, uh, on air. But, you know, I, and it was like, it seemed like he could get that every single time down the court if they wanted. I agree. I mean, they didn't even allow him to get, like, a heat check. You know what I mean? At that point, when you get kind of three or four in a row, sometimes you get a heat check, you know? That, ask, ask Jeremiah, you know? You get a little heat check every once in a while. But uh, other than that, it's it's kind of a – kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm there with you because he's he's gotten out at some really hot starts and then at times kind of slowed down. But I mean, one place where he's been super aggressive has been on the boards. Um, three double-doubles in the past four games. I, I'm sure you guys can guess the last – Player to do that for the Bearcats, with three double doubles and over a four game span, pretty Gary easy. Gary's Gary's the the one after this guy, but you're on the right track. Trey, Trey Scott when when he went on his crazy run that was he-
3: one of the craziest stretches of games I've ever seen from a. a, a it was like eighteen and and sixteen every night, like it right. was
0: it was crazy. I I think he had something like. 12 straight double-doubles or something like that. I mean, he averaged a double-double on the season, but Trey Scott and then Gary Clark. You know what I mean? Those are the last two guys to do three double-doubles over a four-game span, and now you're mentioning Landers Nolly in that same sentence. It's a, It's kind of crazy to think about the way that he's kind of been able to amp it up, especially because the way that he had zero rebounds against Houston kind of responded in a big way over the last two games. But, yeah, I mean, Trey Scott, though. Chad, you and I were there for those games. That was uh, pre-pandemic. Some of the most unbelievable. He was just
3: not going to be denied in that stretch. Like he had just decided, if I have to, if I have to do this by my damn self, I'm gonna do it by my damn self. You know, because Jaron was kind of in a funk at that point in time. He, you know, he he wasn't playing like the Jaron we we had known over the three previous years. And Trey was just like, hop on my back, like for a month. Like, you kept thinking, like, this is going to – this should tail off eventually. And then the next night he would have, like, 18 rebounds, 19 rebounds, 20 rebounds. Like, what the hell got into this dude?
0: I mean, he he successfully pulled off the miss your shot, grab your own rebound, and then lay it in at USF, Uh, something that Victor Locken still needs to practice on, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, I, uh, thoughts on that real quick. Let's let's go ahead and get that out of the way. Ryan, what were you able to watch the game? And I, 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 I'm not
1: catching this moment you're speaking on right now. Okay. Want, okay. You're going to have to fill me in on this one.
0: I, I want Chad to explain it because I've got a different look at it because, I, I, I don't know, uh, because it was kind of a, I don't know, it was weird, Chad, set, set the scene for Ryan. So they're
3: at the line they're up to there's 1.8 left on the clock I yeah. think something like that yeah and Vic tries the old throw it off the rim uh miss yeah. miss purpose so that you know they have to catch and and you know make make a, a miracle shot to win now the problem here is you're up two you're not up three. Where the miracle shot can tie you, you're up to Where the miracle shot, if it happens,
1: you lose.
3: You lose. And and wow. if you just go up and shoot your regular shot, and you miss, it's still accomplishing, the same yeah. thing, right? But he throws it and it hits the net and then the bottom of the flange, the bottom of the flange, like the oh what man, the back yeah. Block. So then. No time comes off the clock, and they get it out of bounds with 1.8 seconds left and a chance to win. It was not called.
2: 1.2. It's
3: not a good idea, UCF, the 1.2, whatever it was. It's not a good idea in that situation, UCF. <laughs> it's a good idea up three or up four. If you go make the first free throw, you're up three, then it's a possibility. Or you just Take go make point. free throws, and you're up four, and the game is over. So it's Vic... Trying to help his team. Thinking. In his head, he's doing the right thing. Overthinking. Overthinking. Yeah. Right, like 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 Landon Fickle trying to block Ryan Royer in a spring game. Just <laughs> overthinking it. Just getting it. Just him.
1: not. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Use your frame. Use your frame.
3: Yeah. <laughs> just
1: be twenty-three years old.
3: Right. Just be six <laughs> years older than the kid that's supposed <laughs> to be a pro. <laughs> If that <laughs> normally helps. Um, so, yeah, it just uh, – he's a comedian. I thought it was funny. We've determined, UCF superfan, your hit rate on funny is yeah. – <laughs> the not same as, his as Victor's free throw percentage. Yeah, it's about the same as Victor's <laughs>
0: free throws. Sometimes <laughs> you're hot and you're like eight or yeah, ten. Right. Some, sometimes you're sometimes two or seven. you miss on purpose. Like you're <laughs> – <on. laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I needed that, Brett. I needed I, that.
0: So, uh, so my vantage point on it is just go up and make them both. Like, right. you have confidence in yourself. Uh, you know, you, you're up to because Ryan. The, then the last shot by SMU looks like it's going in. The entire oh, it was
3: on on target,
0: and it hits the hits the front of the rim and misses. And and then the camera immediately pans to Vic, and Vic has just got this look on his face, like, oh gosh, like. <laughs> Like he saw ghosts, just like you yeah. know, one of his teammates. So it, you know, it's it's just is it's it's something that is strange, you know. It's it's I don't know. I Make both, you know. Luka Doncic did it earlier in the season, and I and think I that's imagine, probably what happened. I imagine Vic watches a bunch of NBA, especially European players, and you know, probably has has an affinity for Luka and, and Nikola Jokic and, and players like that. And Luka successfully pulled it off. Rebound went straight to him. And uh, it was a smart play. I think they were up three, though, in that situation. So, it's like, I, I don't know. Because, like you said, if, if you miss it normally shooting, don't you still have to do the the miracle shot? Like
3: Yeah, and close to the rim.
0: Right. I, I don't know. It's just, it was something that you look back at, and I guess you can laugh at now, but, you know, we've seen other situations, like, you know, the end of the Colgate game where something weird happens, and all of a sudden you're losing. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's something that should not have been done, but that's when you highlight the eight blocks that Victor Lockin had, and that's when you say what's up. Victor Blockin. Victor blockin I, I like that. <laughs> like that. Most blocks since 2006, Eric Hicks. When he had the triple-double at Marquette with blocks, rebounds, and points, uh, Vic was on double-double watch. Should have been triple-double watch, but Shots couldn't fall, and and I guess he was not as aggressive as usually is around the rim. But I don't know. It was a uh, it was a block party for Victor Lachin, and that is a rim presence that Wes has mentioned before, and now you're starting to see it really come to fruition. I I don't know. Are are you guys all in on on Vic going after shots and, yes. and going for blocks?
3: Why I, would,
2: I why wouldn't you be. I mean, he's even with four personal fouls, he was still going. Yeah, he was still going for the block. And I agree. I, I didn't hate that aggressiveness. Like right. he, he was, it almost, it was almost channeled aggressiveness. Yeah. Um. And I, I didn't, I would have still been okay if he had fouled out trying to get a block in a game that close. Absolutely. I, that's the I think four. his
3: timing is getting a lot better. Right. And he's doing a better job, not leaving, like abandoning his guy coming over, going for a block and then ending up in a dunk right behind his back. You know what I mean? Yeah. His time his, his understanding, his feel is getting better is what I'm saying.
0: I mean, the eight blocks is crazy. I I just think that it's so important to have Vic on the on the court. Where I mean, obviously if you're going after more blocks, that, that, that leaves the, the open chance for you to add more fouls and, and this, that, and the other. So if, if his timing's there and he's feeling confident in himself, then yes, go for it. But I, I, I think if he fouls out of that game, you know. Earlier, they probably, lose. they probably lose, so yeah. I, I don't know. We'll, look, we'll see as, as it goes on, but you need I, it. I,
3: I agree, UCF superfan Vic does get called for so many bogus fouls, but unfortunately, a lot of it is his fault because it's it's he's doing things 70 80 feet from the basket, right? Or he's doing things on rebounds that, that look like fat, like even though when you like. If you look at it, it's actually not a foul, but he's doing things that look like fouls in positions that he shouldn't he still has to learn like not to put himself in. Like I think he sets himself up for that, unfortunately, more often than not.
0: I agree. I I mean that's the main thing for me. It's just he needs to stay on the court. He's a guy that that, you know, a lot of them are retaliation fouls where he might have a turnover. Or misses the bunny shot and he yeah, that's what I'm with. talking
3: about. Like it yeah. it looks
0: like a foul. Right. Yeah. And and they're gonna call those more often than they will on the yeah. other end of the of, of the basket and are closing out a defensive end. So yeah. I ticky tack, but the the kind that'll end up in a foul call. Um next up we gotta talk about Mike Adams Woods. I, I know you guys mentioned it on the night cap, but Ryan, have have you ever seen a resurgent player like Micah go from you know Last season, you're you're kind of scratching your head. You know, what is he doing a lot of the times? Now this season, he looks like a completely different player. He's making the right shots. He's, you know, shooting over 40% from deep. He's He's been pretty much money. He's the reason why the Bearcats were in the, in the game of the first half as well.
1: I think maybe you can look at um, maybe some pressure being taken off of him, you know, bringing in Landers Nolly and having Dave step up the way he is. It's kind of like... Maybe he was like thinking he had – trying to force it more last year, trying to be more of an offensive presence, where this year you got more – and Vic stepping up, being more – I think the whole team combined, just stepping up um, and having more offensive skill and potential, I think maybe took some pressure off um, Micah and just making making him play a little looser this year and play with confidence. And maybe he's just finding his role a little bit better. And it just goes to show that the team – kind of finding more of its rhythm, the team kind of finding its own identity. And, you know, that reflects back on the players. I think that's what you're seeing with him.
0: I think I, I think he looks like a veteran, you know. Um, it's That's how veterans play, pick and choose their parts. And, you know, Chad and Aaron, you guys kind of touched on him or Justin Jennifer who kind of had that more of a, a, a jump in the positive direction their, you know, senior year. It, I guess if you, you call this Mike a senior year and I think that's a good comparison, you know, it's just, you know, you were, you are you were one thing, although Justin was kind of one thing, his whole career. And then he picked up that three point shooting at, at, at his last stretch. I think Michael was kind of this his freshman year with more talent around him. Uh not quite the volume that he's going for, but definitely the comfortability and, and the ability to knock down shots and open, but I thought it was a good comparison, uh,
2: I did, I did not expect the beginning of the season to be talking about Micah Adams Woods being the leading scorer in crazy a couple games.
0: <laughs> crazy, and that that brings me to one final point. You know, it's it's when when David and Julius and Jeremiah Davenport struggle, this this team struggles as a as a whole. Uh, you want to say you know the the team goes by the way of, of Landers Nolly or this this guy or that guy, but. I mean, I tell you what, you look at Jeremiah Davenport and David the Julius, uh, Jeremiah one one for eight on Saturday against Houston, he was one for nine. And you look again at David, he was one for eight at SMU against Houston, two for ten. Um, I don't know, is is it kind of forcing things that you guys think, or is it kind of you know, they've been in the program for three years, they you know. Uh, other players and other teams are starting to get down what they like to do and, and finding a way to be able to, to contain that or I don't know what what is the recipe for Dave getting out of the slump and Jeremiah kind of building consistency. Keep shooting. Yeah.
1: Only way out of the slump can't cave into it.
0: Yep. Keep shooting.
3: <clears throat> I know that's not what fans want to hear because it drives them crazy. That you know, shots don't go in, but that's the only way you get out of it.
1: Yeah. You gotta be confident. You gotta think, no matter how many you've missed, that 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 every time you shoot the ball, it's going in. If you start going into a shell and you start thinking every time you you step into a shot, like, oh, I've missed my last five, or I'm 20% the last three games, like there's no way in hell you're gonna make that next one. So just get back to your game, believe in yourself, keep shooting, don't think, don't hesitate. So I know it kind of will drive, like Chad said, will drive fans crazy. Like if you've missed all these, like, don't let them shoot, pass, all this shit. But right. you gotta, you gotta stick to your game.
0: Yeah, I mean, you saw. I think Jeremiah is still getting good shots within the offense, yeah. except for that last one. Um, that was a well. Look,
3: here's here's it. JD. Is the facts of life, right? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean by that, right? Do you know what I mean by that?
0: No, but I think I—I I, I mean, I could take it different ways, but I'm not gonna—I'm not gonna say it because I don't know. No,
3: you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have. Okay. The facts of life. And if you're oh. old, you understand that. Ooh, that is a hear. dated reference. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Did you know that one, Aaron? Shit, no. <laughs>
3: you didn't watch the Facts of Life when you were a kid, Aaron? No. It's a
0: good show. I think I missed that one too
3: oh it's way past you Brian Way. was
0: that on you. was that on PBS
3: no that was a primetime network sitcom okay okay with with 2d and
0: it ran from
2: 79 to 88 oh.
3: in 88
2: I was four
0: oh. in 88
3: I was 11. Well, so I remember well, the, the facts of life treat for mrs you. mrs Garrett Brian Johnson BJ do you shut up you know the facts of life <laughs> I don't remember what net what network was it on. Aaron, does it say? Um, I can Google search there.
2: I'm in IMDb. Um, I can find out. I'm
3: sure. Um, Those
0: are the facts, life.
3: Those, but here's the thing. Jeremiah Davenport catches a pass with nobody within 15 feet of him. He is shooting the basketball.
0: (laughs) Yeah, as he should. Brian says, as he should. (laughs) But not in
3: that situation.
0: No, no, no.
3: You dribble no, it out no. with under a minute in the lead, and you get fouled, and you go to the free throw line, and, and you and you add to your lead. You, you and, don't shoot a, with your foot on the line. It would have been a two. You don't take that shot. NBC. Yeah, Brian had it, NBC. No, there you go. And Mrs. NBC. Garrett. Mrs. Garrett was great. It was it was
0: it was a great show. Uh, one last thing, well, you know, Chad, you're a big major league fan, right? The uh, the movies. Oh yeah. yeah. What did they do to get uh, the? Uh, I'm not a big avid major league guy. The one batter who was in a slump. What did they do to get him out of the slump? Or did he have the yips or something? Because whatever. He could ju- hit a curveball. Yeah, whatever juju it was. Uh, Odie sac- needs
3: they, that, that juju. They, he he was going to sacrifice a live chicken. Okay. Uh, but they wouldn't let him do a live chicken, so they went and got him a bucket of KFC. Okay. There we go.
0: <laughs> Pedro Pedro Ser- Serrano, thank you, UCF super fan. But yeah, yeah. I, Odio Guama. There's no other other way for me to to put it. He's got the he's got a major case of the yips right now. Um, he's a rebounding goes. machine. Yeah. He, he's yeah. doing all the other things that are being
3: asked of him. Uh, but I, I do think also like it's another look because we've kind of forgot what it talking about this this year. But when you have a guy on the floor that, that can't score and right now, Odie's a guy that, that can't score
0: it makes it tougher. It for changes everything
3: because yeah. they're just they're Nobody is concerned with him defensively because they know that like they can recover to him and still make the play. So, that's changing how they're defending when he sets ball screens. They're changing uh yeah, we were talking about sacrificing Brent a couple of weeks ago and he got very upset about it.
0: I'm still upset about it. <laughs> Thanks, Natalie.
3: <laughs> um they're, help they're defense are
1: defense in the post.
3: <laughs> yeah, what's that?
1: I was saying like you're going on like D and him up, you know. They you're not going to get a lot of help down when he's got the ball on the block. I mean you're not really be well, concerned about shit.
3: It's not even just that. It's like when he's setting a ball screen, nobody's yeah. worried about him rolling. Nobody's worrying about him being a factor because they know even if he gets the ball, they're going to have time to recover and contest the shot. Because mm-hmm. he's pump faking every, he's in his head so bad mm-hmm. that that he's not able to punish them for the way that they're playing defense. It's allowing yeah. like when Dave has the ball, they can hard hedge, they can run at him, they can double, they can do all these different things to get the ball out of his hands because you're not worried about the fifth guy offensively. Mm-hmm. So um he he's the problem is he's just not a skilled offensive guy to begin with, and now he's in his head making it even worse, yeah, than than what it already is. Like that's a it's a tough spot to be, but He's doing so many other things to help you out right now that, you know, you got to yeah. have him on the floor.
1: He doesn't have that kind of skill like Dave and Jeremiah, Or you're going to say, yeah, we want Odie shooting his way out of that one. That might be a little bit of an exception. No, 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 no.
3: <laughs> Just still try to take the open ones.
1: Yeah. Rebound might, and defend your it. way out of this slump. Yeah. Get some freebies.
3: Yeah. And, 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 and go dunk the damn ball, right?
1: Yeah. Hey, if you if you dunk it, you don't have you don't need any touch. You don't need to worry about how far you're away from the hoop. You are if you just go slam your hands against the
0: rim, the ball will most likely go in. <laughs> he had the dunk of the year, the dunk of the year, I, maybe the dunk of the last five years, and now it's just like I, I I don't know that that one where he went up with the with the right and it, it hit you know the the bottom of the rim. I, it just doesn't make much sense. I, he, you know, in that Xavier game in the second half, he was dunking everything. I think he did that for the next couple of games. But in the same sense, it, it, it's kind of both ways. Chad, you mentioned since the Xavier game. They're one of the top defensive teams in the country in all of college basketball. And that's when the when the you know Ken Palm rating teams really, you know, amped up. Maybe that's because Odie's getting more burn and, and, and Odie's starting in that starting lineup. You know what I mean? I, maybe it's two and two. And maybe that's also why the offense then has struggled a little bit. So, I don't know. Maybe you got to take some to give some or, you know, facts of life, however you mentioned that, Chad. But um Say it with me, Brent. You yeah. take the good. Take the okay. good. Defense take, is good.
3: And then you take the bad.
0: Take the bad. That's the yips.
3: Take the bad. And then you take them both. Defense and yips. And there you have the facts of life.
0: Yeah. Okay. We'll take it. Yeah, we'll we'll take it. (laughs) Who knows? One last thing, Aaron. Speaking of nothing like
3: TV references from the eighties to get the get the under forty crowd.
2: Big twelve, young and hip. Then here we come with the facts of life. Jesus.
0: (laughs) Your mark is just so pissed off listening (laughs) to this. He's gonna cancel us. Talking about
2: shows from forty five (laughs) years ago.
0: These guys can stay in the AAC. They're covering
2: Charlotte. 45 years ago, that show 43 premiered. 43 years ago.
0: Good 78
2: when it premiered. 44. 40, 40,
3: well, I guess we are in. You
0: guys are there, covering YouTube. San <laughs> Antonio next year. All right. Um, but
3: Just spell the lyrics out with the bouncing ball.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness.
3: <laughs> there was a bouncing ball on those lyrics in the thing, wasn't there, Brian? Oh, um. my. Yeah. I think he's right on that. I think there was a bouncing ball, like the lyrics played like, you know, under, like, during song? the thing, yeah. and they, they had a sing-along with it. I think he's right on that for some that's, reason.
0: That's absurd. I can dig it. What um,
3: <laughs> the hell <laughs> are we doing here?
0: Another <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah, pump fakes. DDJ.
3: I'm trying to make me. I haven't laughed much in 10 days. The show is just to make <laughs> me laugh. I don't give a shit about the rest of y'all.
0: <laughs> Keep the laughs, Let's go with us. Wow. Let's go,
2: baby. All right. What were you going to say about pump faking, Brent?
0: DDJ, Aaron. Talk about his pump fakes.
2: I don't want to see him. I just want him to do one thing and one thing only. Catch and shoot. I don't (laughs) want the pump fakes. I don't want the step backs. I don't want the leans. I don't want any of it. I just want him to stand around the arc and catch and shoot.
1: Yeah, he was doing that so well the beginning of the year.
2: That's another one who overthinks. He maybe, maybe
1: that's what it was.
2: He's so damn good at catch and shoot. And that's it. <laughs> like you don't need to add any more pieces to your game. You're so good at that one thing. You don't need to do anything else.
1: Sometimes when you see the ball go in a lot, you start getting a little savvy and you start trying to make shit happen, but you get away from how simple your game needs to be. You know, you, you know it's when you're bad. when you're when you're dropping them in from deep, then you see Oh, maybe I can I get a little space on a step back. You're thinking, "All right, that might be a little bit well, a little add that to the uh to the okay. repertoire a little bit."
2: And obviously you see Lander's Nolly with the step back and he's he's got maybe the most lazy-looking step back I've ever seen. It's fantastic. Um as you know, David DeJulius has like the 7-foot step back or however far back he jumps to to do his step back. But yes, they they both do step backs and they both use well, Dave's has been off lately, but you know, they both work for them. That doesn't mean that DDJ needs to have a step back or a, a Jeremiah Davenport, rather. He, he doesn't need to have a step back. He just needs to catch and shoot.
0: That's it.
3: I thought you were talking about DeJulius and not Davenport.
2: I, I screwed up on, and I didn't mean to say DDJ. But Davenport,
3: Davenport, <laughs> because the step back is like the thing that DDJ does the best. That's what I'm
2: saying. I, again, DDJ and Landers Nolly do the step back, but Jeremiah Davenport just needs to catch and shoot. That's it.
3: There was no bouncing ball in the Facts of Life uh, theme song. I looked. I thought there was, but Damn. that was apparently a different cheesy 80s sitcom.
0: You know, the the old like sing along Disney songs have that bouncing ball. If you're looking for that, you can go check those out. I think they're available on YouTube. There is there is an eighty
3: sitcom coming back tomorrow. I think. Oh, night court.
0: Night court. Mm. They Which is one of, of the great, the they great They have Run out of ideas. Is that Judge Judy? No, really the, the
3: Judge Harry Stone passed away, so they have a different they have a different judge. But Dan Larequette is back.
2: Is is okay. Bull still with us?
3: That's what the UCF superfan said. I think the the bald guy just died, which would have been Bull. Oh, Bull, Bull was awesome. Night Court was.
2: He was the Maybe. one who made the show.
0: How are you going to do the show without the judge and Bull? I don't know. Night Court. Don't know too much about it. One thing I do know is David Julius is a great basketball player. He will get it figured out. <laughs> yeah, his son he has been able to get it figured out during during current oh. situations assists he's been a playmaker he's been a distributor in the games that they won recently he's assisted really well and that has led to him finding a shot at times and then the games that he struggled shooting the ball his assist numbers are a little down so continue trying to be that table setter and the shot will come back DDJ and he knows it because he's a good well, guy.
2: Night court's at least getting us younger that one ran from 84 to 92. Oh I don't <laughs> remember it <laughs>
3: Night Court was great television. Great television.
2: I do remember watching that
3: as a
0: kid. (laughs) Golly. Well, you know, yes. One thing I will say before we move on is you're seeing a lot of, uh, you know, haven't done this since this time. Haven't done this since this year. Haven't done this since Troy Copain. Haven't done this since Eric Hicks hasn't done this since Trey Scott. And I think that's a good thing. I think you're starting to see where the the players are, are starting to be in place to make these big moves and, and make these performances that lead to the ability to put up big stat lines and uh, kind of cross thresholds that the previous three or four seasons have not been able to. So it's right there. Um, just got to continue to work towards getting things uh, all together and, and cohesion and, consistency and that again leads to one of my least favorite places to watch the bearcats play at and that's at at ucf sorry usf south florida man that place is uh ooh. i don't know if you guys remember that one game there at south florida it was like might have started at like 11 a.m on a sunday maybe and it yeah. was
3: it was in the um it was in the hockey arena because the basketball arena was being renovated so it was 11 a.m. It was like 48 degrees in the arena because there was hockey ice underneath the floor. Right. Yep. It was like, what? Well, it ended up like what, 43 44, 43 or some right. stupid
0: shit. And just a trash game. I think like, I think Troy was the only player in double figures with like 10, maybe <laughs> like something just terrible. I mean, at least now they're in the yingling center. I, I don't mm-hmm. know if they, is that a, it's not a Florida beer, so it's pretty pretty interesting. But anyway, um, yeah. they're Brian Gregory, yet another team they've got. They just beat ECU. You guys probably know their their leading score because right? because you mentioned it on the BCJ pod. Aaron, do you remember it? No. Okay, Chad. Chad, do you know it? What did South you say? South Florida's leading score. Uh, I have no clue. Okay, well, then this will come as a bit of a surprise to you guys. Uh, their leading scorer, Tyler Harris. At oh, yeah, nine, I did know
3: that. I did know that. 16 and for six games. Who can shoot the piss out of the ball?
0: Memphis, Memphis, Iowa State, Memphis, South Florida. What a what a road he's been on. Golly. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he shot pretty well against the Bearcats in certain games in the past, uh, including last year at Memphis. He was He hit that crazy 40-footer. To uh to end up ultimately beating the Bearcats, so get to see him on beautiful Yingling Center tomorrow. Sorry, on Wednesday at seven. Very good. No no nine p.m. tip, but uh, seven o'clock it is.
3: I, I have I have good news, guys. Ready? 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 Uh, Richard Mole is still alive. Bull. Oh. He's Very not good. dead. there's are there there are those are apparently rumors. Praise the emotions. Lord. That's great. Hallelujah. <laughs> so you're good, Aaron. you but he's not on the remake. He's currently 80 years old.
0: Eighty years old.
3: What Seventy-nine years old. Sorry. Seventy
0: nine years old. Well, his
3: still, IMDB picture, he looks fantastic. Still kicking. He's he was he was a funny dude. He's still kicking. Is a funny dude. Not was a funny dude. He's not dead. UCF <laughs> Superfan tried to kill him, but he's apparently right. not dead.
0: Uh, <laughs> one last, uh, team story. I'm just line. seeing how far off
3: the rail I can get this podcast. Hey, keep,
0: <laughs> I like it. Keep it rolling. Um, long time. Assistant coach Larry Harrison is out at West Virginia. Bobby Huggins reaches into his bag of Bearcats, and lo and behold, DeMar, DeMar Johnson heading east, Southeast a little bit, um, it's north a little bit, a little north,
2: north. Northeast a little bit. You have to drive through Athens, I think, to get there. So say I'll hi to Aaron voice. on your way. I'll wave. Joe Burrow Nation. DJ,
0: DJ, come out. Just give Aaron a wave while you pass. But Jamar Johnson gone, heading to West Virginia as a bench coach. So uh, obviously a big congratulations to Jamar. Uh Chad, your thoughts when you saw the news start to trickulate out and anything on Larry Harrison? Situation. I don't know if you've heard anything through back channels. That was Had something with years.
3: the administration that was not uh, Hugs doing. I don't know if it was some players unhappy with. It. We've talked about this a lot. Like the old school way of doing things in coaching, not going to fly anymore. Right, and and you better adapt, or the players have the power now. They mm-hmm. will get you run out of town. I, I'm not saying that Marky Post did pass away, Brian Johnson. I'm not saying that. That is for sure what it is. Those are just the rumblings of what was going on up there as the team was unhappy with him and it was creating some, some unrest and he was relieved of his duties. Uh, that meant hugs had a spot open for the remainder of the season. Um, here, Here's the reality. Okay. DJ did a great job here, but when you're talking about line of succession, right? Like, What do you have to do to get to a bench assistant role right now at Cincinnati? Mm. Drew Adams was an associate head coach. Right. And he's in the pipeline. And this is, if anything happens to the current staff, Drew Adams is already, you know, a long tenured bench assistant. Chris Lepore was a bench assistant for Wes at Greensboro. He's another guy that has, Big-time experience as a college head coach or a college assistant mm-hmm. coach. Jake Thielen has been the director of ops at Indiana, the director of ops at Georgia, the director of ops here. Like, he's another guy that's in line. So, so DeMar was probably fourth on this current staff in line when it comes to who would be next to move up to bench assistant. And that's what he wants to do is he wants to be a bench assistant. Like he wants to recruit and be on staff and, and you know, do the real thing and, and not be a player development guy. Um, so this was an opportunity for him to get closer to accomplishing that. And he took it and more power to him. Damar is awesome. You guys know, you've met Damar a bunch. Like he is an awesome, awesome, awesome dude. Him coming on with us and telling the story of not knowing that he was shooting with Garth Brooks was one of the funniest nights that we've had on this yeah. network. Did you hear that, Ryan?
1: No, I, I need to hear that story.
3: So Garth Brooks, remember he played at uh, the Bengal Stadium?
1: Yeah, he's a, like he, – some people say he's a serial killer.
3: Whatever. <laughs> one of the things he does is when, in all the cities he goes to, they, they play basketball. Wow. Uh. So they they set up a spot and like in the afternoon the day of the show or whatever they go play some hoops. So there was a connection to UC staff. So they came to the practice gym and they were they were shooting, and they they have a game that they play like it's like a kind of like a full court twenty one type deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and Demar ended up in the game playing, and had no clue who Garth Brooks was. <laughs> took a picture with him afterwards, like the whole. He spent the whole day playing basketball with Garth Brooks, and didn't have a single iota of a clue that that's what was Yeah,
1: happening. yeah, that's good.
3: So we had to come <laughs> on and tell the story. It was hilarious.
1: You need uh, to look into the the Tom Segura. Oh, it's so funny. Tom Segura doesn't. You're I'm gonna love Tom it then. Yeah, I'm this is so Tom good. It's you gotta look into it at whenever you got the time. It's quick. He does like a little explanation of it. It's so funny
0: of why why he thinks that.
1: Yeah, and like how he him and he harassed Garth, and then like all of his like fans like started harassing Garth, saying he's like, "Where are the bodies, Garth?" Like. <laughs> <laughs> Because Garth was like talking about how he like cries at like listening to his own songs, and like Tom just gets on his ass for that. Saying it takes a sociopath to, to say something like that.
3: <laughs> I'm I'm more of a Burt guy. Oh yeah. But by you know connection, I've I, Tom's hilarious too. Like
1: I'm guessing you listen to the Two Bears One Cave.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. Regularly. Yeah. Regularly. <laughs> Two Bears One Cave. If you want to hurt your face laughing. Yeah. Listening to Tom like just dig at Bert for two hours yep. is some of the funniest content you will ever find. <laughs> it is so good. Did you so see the
1: good. the hit the Hitler teacup? How oh, yeah. we got him that for oh, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> so good.
3: Bert's talked about it a little recently, where he's like been driving past like synagogues and all the Jews are like,
1: "Yeah, yeah." yeah. I was listening <laughs> to that. The other day. They think it's so funny.
3: <laughs> it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Did you did you see the um the episode with with Tom and uh, one of the blue-collar comedy guys? The older one. Ron White. Ron White. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have no, you seen that say. one? You yeah. have to. That one is one of the, the most hilarious things I've ever heard.
1: Is it just on, is it on the your mom's house or is it on? I two think bears? it was a
3: two bears, one cave where Bert wasn't there. Okay. But just, just like Tom Segura, Ron White. It was, yeah. they talk about like, um he used to have, he had a plane, like a private jet. And uh-huh. he started to get in trouble because he would show up in towns and like the police would come search his plane when he would get there. So he left like a whole chest of drugs at one of his friends' houses.
0: Uh-huh. And the
3: guy's son found it. And, like, did all the drugs. And when he came back a couple years later to get the chest, uh, there was no there was no drugs in it. And he's like, I did a lot of drugs. You did a lot of drugs, a lot <laughs> yeah. of drugs in there. <laughs> You're lucky he's still with us. Uh, other fun fact, Jeffrey. And I'm sure you probably know this. Uh, Burt Kreischer is Van Wilder. Yeah, that's what they based it off of. Yeah, they based it off of his life story when he was in his seventh year at Florida State.
2: Didn't you say he didn't even like get the rights to that movie or like to his own yeah. story?
3: Yeah, Oliver Stone franchised or like bought the rights to it. And Bert was actually working on uh making something happen with Will Smith. Him and Will Smith were gonna do like Van Wilder yeah. and then Oliver Stone got it out first. That's crazy. Golly.
0: Well, and that is Bert. There you go. Uh are we on the mailbag questions already? <laughs> no. I'm
3: just I'm doing what I can to take this podcast completely off the rails because like my it. brain is broken and I don't really want to talk about sports right now. So I'm just stream of conscious whatever comes to my head trying yeah. to throw us off
0: track. Well, you know what was also off the rails a little bit? What's that, Brent? Gizzle James's performance today. Wow. <laughs> 45 <laughs> points career high. And the assistant coach of the uh they they say it's a rival, you know, rival rivalry it's, between the two teams. Oak Ridge head basketball coach. Go ahead, Chad.
3: It's actually um the the son of his AAU coach that UC has offered in 2025 uh, plays on that team, Oak Ridge.
0: So this might be a little bit of a boost. You know him just hyping up his own guy, but he took the Twitter. Coach Reese said, "Thank you to everyone that came out for the dream is real. Classic. Congrats to a well coach Olympia team on the win tonight. Jizzle James is the real deal. Take those fake stars away from every guard in the country. There is not two guards in the country better."
3: Natalie, that was
2: gold. That was gold.
0: <laughs> Wouldn't you like to get
3: away? Sometimes you gonna go where everybody knows your name, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they're I always glad you came. came. <laughs> I to be.
0: I don't, I don't know when I'm in the middle of right
3: now. Your name. You never watch Cheers? I have. And not.
2: again, we we continue to get younger. That one ran from '82 to '93.
3: <laughs> Royer, you got to watch Cheers.
0: You know. What's, you what's know what's what? That? I've never um, seen an episode, but I know the song.
3: You've never seen... The, Cheers is a a sitcom from the 80s set in like a Boston bar. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, just the normal everyday happenings that you have from like your bar regulars. Like there's, you know, the guy that, that you would know uh, Norm from uh, Saturday Night Live. Like, duh, Bears! Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did, he did a bunch of that. No. Oh. That was his name in Cheers. He would walk in and everybody would go, Norm! And he would walk <laughs> down to the bar and they'd already have his beer there ready. It's Do, do you know Frazier? No. Son of a bitch. Woody Harrelson. <laughs> do you know Woody Harrelson? Yeah, yeah I know. Woody I Harrelson's know. first real like role was one of the bartenders on Cheers.
0: You know the name? Uh, Kelsey Grammer.
3: Yeah, Kelsey Grammer. No.
0: A pretty, was, pretty cool name.
3: Yeah. You would know Kelsey Grammer. Ted song. Danson. Ted Danson was the bartender, the main bartender. Kirstie Alley that just passed away, rest in peace.
1: Isn't was, Woody Harrelson a Cincy guy? Yes.
3: Yeah. yeah. Cliff Clavin. The annoying <laughs> the annoying guy that, that drives you crazy at the bar, that knows all the stupid facts and never shuts up. Cliff Clavin.
1: Oh, you like would that. enjoy
3: Cheers, Royer. You would enjoy Cheers. Good hunting
1: reason. kind of guy.
3: It's a little different, but kind of yeah.
1: <laughs> that one long-haired douchebag in that scene.
3: No, the Cliff wasn't a <laughs> douchebag. He's just annoying. Yeah, it's Norm's best friend, Cliff. Okay. <laughs> <Where am I? laughs> we are we're as deep into eighty sitcoms as we can go. It's,
2: it's already in the timestamp.
3: Alf, I forgot Alf. Somebody brought up Alf. Uh, I loved Alf. You know Alf Royer?
1: No, I don't know any of these. I don't think I don't know a single thing that you're talking about.
3: <laughs> Alf was a furry alien from a planet called Melmac and he ate cats.
2: I mean, Ryan, you were born in what the year 2000? Ninety eight. Yeah. I mean yeah. these were they were already the, off the shows- air.
3: These shows went 10 years and were canceled a decade before you were born.
2: They might have already been <laughs> off Nick at Night at this point. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I didn't watch a lot of sitcoms.
3: I ta- So I watched Taxi, but that was more of like a, my dad. My dad liked Taxi. I think Taxi was just a, a tick before my – like my dad was Taxi, M.A.S.H., uh, all in the family. We're going even older now. I've don't know what's happening. <laughs>
1: I've heard of match I've heard of that one. My mom liked that show, I remember.
3: <laughs> hey, Roy. Yeah. He's in know. our 50s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, Roy. Family mice. Ties. Oh, Alex P. Keaton. Mash
0: too, I'm pretty sure.
3: Alex P. Keaton, Family Ties.
1: Still over my head.
3: Michael J. Fox, do you know Michael J. Fox? I do. Back to the Future. That was Family Ties. That was okay. his that was his vessel that made him famous. Taxi was awesome. It was I just never like Yeah, Danny DeVito got his start on Taxi. Oh.
1: Yeah. I know him. I I still haven't um, seen Always Sunny. I mean, I which I think I would absolutely
3: love you so would, like to you would. on that. Married yeah. with Children, I still watch mar- old Married with Children clips and I watch them and wonder how that was allowed on TV. <laughs> it's if you really go back and watch some shit that happened on Married with Children, there was probably plenty was, of shows like that. It was then. a wild deal, the things that <laughs> they let happen on Married with Children. Like, I think there was at one point, like, a hot chick with, like, well endowed up top like moved across the street and al bundy was basically just like sexually harassing her from the like with his with his wife like standing right there <laughs> it's like
1: different time
3: the the shit on married with children was wild so what are you guys up to you want to talk some sports or something I, you know brent you know, is I've, so so mad at me right now
0: i've never seen married with children but you know what i have seen
3: what have you seen
0: brent I've seen highlights of Day-Day Thomas, and I tell you what. <laughs> when his name popped back up on the board and, you know, Chad said, you know, the same story of uh, Hugs versus West fight to the finish. Man, Day-Day Thomas will be one heck of an addition to this team heading into Big 12 play. 21 points per game, six rebounds, 3.5 assists, and this is where it really gets fun. 48% from two. Forty-one percent from three and eighty-nine percent from the free throw line this season, which means he'll probably shoot sixty-nine percent for the Bearcats if he does come. Nice, so yeah, beautiful, beautiful. nice. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so another thing to check on the board, another thing to track as the recruitment continues. That's a, I think that season. one's winding down.
3: I think we're going to get an answer on that one sooner than later. I like where the Bearcats are at.
0: Okay. Okay. There you go. And I like timestamps as well. Let's go ahead and timestamp this. Basketball all-in-one. Recruiting. All right. This,
3: this basketball recruiting 80s sitcom timestamp is brought to you by Quick Paper Supply, your locally and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. Quick Paper services over 150 restaurants with weekly low-minimum next-day deliveries, providing a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom-printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases.
0: Here we go. Steve and I agree, but uh, I'm not going to let my mind go there that way. Um, So, yeah, we're going to bring on a uh, football talk because obviously, I I mean, we could have mentioned a uh, replacement for for DD for Demar but I'm sure that's something that is like long out of the I don't list. think there's going to be one. Right. Yeah. I think I that's, off that that position is
3: just going to be absorbed into the already existing staff. Okay. which was probably larger than it should have been to begin with. Right. Um so I think you'll see that that I don't think you'll see that position filled or at least not in the near future. If you need it, it's always there. You know what I'm saying? But right now, I don't, you know, with, with like I said, with Thielen and Lapore, Matt Miller, Drew Adams, right. you know, there, there's a lot of bodies on that sixth floor office that uh, I don't think you'll necessarily see it immediately filled or, or filled anytime in the near future.
0: Okay. Um, big news of the day Jordan Young, cornerback from Florida, transfers to Cincinnati, former four star recruit. Uh, he was rated the 32nd best cornerback uh, in the 2021 class. Uh, he had offers from Alabama, Georgia, Florida State, Miami. You know the list goes on and on. There, his team actually won the state championship. They went 11 and one. That's a big deal down in Florida. Had an interception three straight games his senior year. That's where a talent, talent-rich spot. Obviously, connections with the Florida. You know, past. On the uh, current team via transfer, so yet again, another one. And a huge, huge addition, I believe, as well. Jordan Young. uh, Looks like he's going to be a big one, man. Um, Guys, initial thoughts on seeing a cornerback transfer, former four-star. I know that's the topic of debate. Would you rather take a a player with a bunch of snaps or a player who used to be highly heralded and hasn't really played too much recently? Heralded? Um, Highly heralded, yeah. Heralded heralded, Rivera? Heralded, thank you, whatever. I'm going to take this one off the rails, too. Heralded! (laughs) (laughs) But, Ryan, uh, seems like a pretty big pickup.
1: Yeah, we need a replacement for Shep, that's for sure. Um, Arquan's gone as well. So we need bodies. We need guys that, you know, they've graded out well. But they, they have some snaps, not a ton. I mean, it's a similar situation that we have. The guys are already on the team, so you know you want to see guys that that'll come in and have you know every snap in the world. But it's good to get high profile guys that have potential that that lasted at Florida. So that means their coaches didn't think. That, I mean, they played him a little bit. They gave him snaps. He's still on the roster, so that shows he had promise. He had he had some um, potential in him. So I think it, coming to Cincinnati will be good for him. And you know, we'll take any we'll take bodies right now, especially guys that graded out well going into college. So
3: and it definitely it's felt like a really guy do. it felt like a guy Florida fans were were not thrilled with seeing leave. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's that's, that's what you want more than anything, is is yeah. getting a guy that, you know, when they're on their way out, the opposing team is like, damn it, really would like to have had him next year. Mm-hmm.
2: It's
0: a big one um aaron any thoughts on, on when you saw jordan young committing today uh,
2: i just immediately wondered a uh what the staff's doing in, in, in regards to nil because i feel like they've had a lot of pretty big pickups um so i'm just thinking that you're starting to see some type of movement in that regard um but i also was just happy to see a, a body enter that room we've seen a lot of other positions addressed and certainly happy that it ends up being a guy like Ryan said that grades out well. Um, Florida kid, and and you, Florida kids generally have worked out well here. So uh, just just happy that there's a corner addition.
0: Yeah, I mean uh, it those offers out of high school they aren't uh, they aren't fake. So uh, you know committing to Florida is a big ordeal. Obviously got, got connections to players who have committed to Cincinnati. Uh, Emory Jones. Uh, couple of the ASU transfers as well, obviously through Emory Jones, I would imagine. So, um, you know, a, a name added at the cornerback room that, that is needed. And, and someone that, you know, as you guys mentioned, a lot of people were saying he's a dog, he's a really good player. Keep an eye out on him. So that's what we're doing, keeping an eye out on him. Uh, the only other player I think that committed after the BCJ pod was was uh, recorded would be uh, Donovan Ali, the wide receiver. From Washington State,
3: and another this, big time addition, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, this seems like a wide receiver one type addition potentially mm-hmm. for the Cincinnati Bearcats. He was he was a, a guy who was recruited by Mike Leach, so you kind of know that it's uh it's someone that Leach pinpointed and and thought that this could be a guy that could go out and haul in a bunch of receptions and and be a big time player. So. Uh, you know he's got the size he's he's got the stats he's got the ability um some of that you know obviously put up some good stats and probably to come in and, and look to contribute right away donovan Ali. uh anything else you were able to think about with uh with with Ali ryan or or aaron big frame big production overall pretty so, solid
1: yeah i'm excited about him too and i just kind of Looking back on what Aaron just said earlier, it's like, what what's going on here? Like they're pulling some serious strings and it's making me excited. But, you know, I I get a little nervous sometimes, you know, when you build teams in the portal. Michigan State had a little bit of instant success, and then you kind of see them drop right off. So mm-hmm. I hope that we're not just buying in quick, make sure we're still pressing on developing guys and making this a program and not just individual. NIL teams. So if you know what I'm saying, like yearly NIL built teams, I don't think is going to ever really get you over that hump of getting back in the playoff, and that's the goal. That's the standard we need to hold ourselves to. But it's showing good promise, they're now we just got to see how they develop the guys when they get here. I'm excited for spring ball, seeing some big name guys on the field. Yeah, definitely. yeah,
2: six six three two oh five. What's not to be excited about? I mean, that's a big dude, a big body out there. Um, yeah. Hopefully it, it works out a little better than, than Nick Mardner. Uh, just yeah. for whatever reason, it, it just never clicked.
3: Um, so, I mean, I, the only thing you worry about is you do worry about an air raid, you know, numbers being a little bit inflated, but I mean, what, 43 catches, like the, the guy obviously has good hands, had the trust of his quarterback. Yep. Um, I, I like to see this one. And I like, I, I like kind of that philosophy of, you 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 comb through all of those lower level guys, mm-hmm. the G five and the FCS level guys, because there are gems in there. Yep. And you get mm-hmm. a couple of those that you you, you identify and then Brian you go Cook. get yeah. And then Brian you go Cook's get the NFL. Yeah. Darren Beavers. Yep. <laughs> that was a Yukon shot. I'm sorry.
1: And, they are FCs.
3: I know, um, and and then you go. You then you, when you have got those guys in place, you go out and you take some big swings. That's what we're seeing the mm-hmm. staff doing. I like it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I like returning it. Returning wide receivers for roughly what? You are looking at Chris Scott, uh, Drew Donley, uh, Marcus Peterson, and I, that's that's it. So uh, obviously they've they've hit the uh, hit the wide receiver part pretty hard. And I mean you've seen them pull out some some guys. I I think outside of Sterling Burkhalter, the every single other wide receiver has come from a, a power five school. Uh, right. That
3: know. likes to throw the ball.
0: Right. Uh, you know, I I mean D. Wiggins, T. Higgins, that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, I mean Wiggins put up great stats at Miami and then got hurt in Louisville. Seems like a pretty big time player. You know, Helton from Florida State battled injuries, but seems like a pretty big time player. And yep. you got Burke Halter and and then you throw in. I'm I, I'm excited to see what Drew Donnelly does, what Chris Scott does, kind of you know welcoming in everyone and then competing themselves. So that'll be fun to watch. Those were the two additions uh, since the BCJ pod. There was one decommit, kind of strange. Corey Bullock, who was the uh, NCCU from the Miac, came in and uh, committed to Cincinnati. And then before you know it, he decided to not, not really decommit. He just kind of committed on top of his commitment to Maryland. And you go to Maryland's board, kind of a weird story behind it. I, I think he was confused on the, the dates that you need to commit by. He's from Maryland. Uh, took took an official visit there over this past weekend and and committed on the spot. So that whole... You know, FCS to to the Big 12 conversations, those can kind of, I guess, die. I I don't know. Now everybody likes
3: him. He committed to a Power Five. Must be a Power Five guy. There we go. So the the people that hated him now are mad that he he committed and went somewhere else. Look, the kid went home. (laughs) If we're going to champion hometown heroes, like you can't be mad when a kid goes home.
0: Right. Right.
3: He can. God, God knows you can. People are mad about everything.
0: Right. Yep. But, I agree. You know. um, but, yeah, I mean, outside of that, uh, one other thing that I think we should touch on. Well, first off, uh, Matty Montgomery, linebacker from Louisville, put his name into the portal. That, that caused quite a stir amongst the uh, Cincinnati fans, fan base this uh, today. I, I don't know. seems like it would be an, an amazing addition on top of a pretty strong linebacker court that's uh, that's, that's coming in uh, and already here. So I guess a name to, to track, if you will, let's hope. And one last thing. I want to tuck all, touch on Malik Van. Chad, you and Malik have been like what?
3: This. No, I've known Malik for a long time. Thick as Thieves. Yeah, no Malik for a long time. Um, I'm I'm really happy to have him back for another year.
0: Yep, news came out that he was returning for another year, and I thought his explanations on the Rock the Truth pod were pretty awesome. Uh, Ryan, I want to get your thoughts on these as well. Where kind of Malik was, uh, he he said he he didn't feel like he wanted to end his college career with the injury. He wanted to come back, prove himself one more year, and and then be ready to give a shot the NFL, just the addition of Malik deciding to return, what it means not only to the defense and the defense line, but to the Bearcats in this transition as a whole.
1: I, I'm a, no, I'm always going to be in Malik's corner. Great dude, great football player. He's been hampered with some injuries the past couple years, but he, so much potential. There's a guy that can make a huge difference. Not only will he make a big difference on the field if he can stay healthy, which I'm uh, thinking he will, Sending good vibes his way. And so like, he's a stable piece. He's going to be a leader. He's going to be a guy that along with Walt Stewart, that can be an anchor for the defense, making sure we, making sure we kind of like can keep a good mesh of that defensive culture we created over the the past five years, blending that in with this new D coordinator, um, this new staff on defense. So I think Malik coming back is huge. Not only is it going to give us, Great experience, but it's going to be great leadership. I think it's going to be a great middleman to help this transition out. And I'm so happy for Malik because I know he he's always repped the C-Paw the right way. And I think him coming back this year, I think he's going to do it even better. So happy for yeah. him and excited.
3: Him and Walter are pretty much the same age. So
1: this- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got ourselves some, some bets back there.
2: Look, I was just impressed that he did the whole interview while playing 2K with fellow uh, teammates. Yeah, <laughs> the
3: whole yeah, was interview, yeah, the whole interview, just grinding out 2K. Gotta have it. Crazy.
0: It was pretty Gotta funny though. He was like, "Where, where did you come from? When, when you when popped I popped in?" in? Like, yeah. yeah. But Chad, you you talked to Malik a bunch. Just kind of your thoughts on just his personality and how that's going to be able to, to help the transition from Fick to Sap. I mean, it just sets kind of a tone. Like it, it,
3: it gives you a guy that knows what Bearcat football is all about. Like, obviously every new coach is going to want his culture and want like, you know, things done the way that they do things. But the reality is you need some guys that – that have skin in the game. Like Malik does, like, as Ryan said, like this, this means a lot to him being a Bearcat meant a lot to him. When he committed, he could have jumped ship many, many times. He didn't like he bleeds red and black. And you know, I, th- I think a guy like that is just invaluable to have. There were those guys when, when you guys all first started coming into the program, ryan there, there was cortez and cope and you know mike boone and and Malik clements malik clements and guys that this meant a lot to um that you have to have you have like it just helps it helps take the old culture and incorporate it into the new yeah. because the old culture was great that's not a sometimes you're looking to what Wes Miller had to do was scrap the old culture and build a new one. You don't have to scrap the culture here and build a new one. So I think it's critical to have guys like Malik that can that can carry on what this means while also finding a new face to kind of
0: lead the charge. So hey man. I think it's important.
1: 100% agree. You
0: know, the other thing about Malik too is like not only is he going to help You know, the bridge or everything. He's he's a hell of a player. When he's healthy, he he can be a force on the defensive line. And then when you hear hear his And the good news is, he's
3: been injury prone. But it hasn't been like... He had a freak, like, tore his pack. And he had... In the Navy game, he got cut and had a high ankle sprain. Like, these aren't, like, nagging oh, my gosh, is he ever going to get over this injury thing? He just had a couple freak things happen that, um, you know, should lead to hopefully a healthy 2023. Sorry, go ahead, Brent. I didn't mean to cut you
0: off. Oh, no, you're good. But but when you hear Malik Van, Dante Corleone, Jawan Briggs, Eric Phillips, Dom Perry, Justin Watley, Tyler Gilson, Derek Shepard, Rob Jackson, CJ Doggett, you know, it just seems like this defensive line is ready to dominate, and and when you heard heard the fact that they were all here over the break, all studying the new defense, all constantly in there asking what they can do to get better, I mean that's just it. it it's going to be a, a group that leads them, and you know you win games in the trenches, and with this new exciting defense that that's going to be on hand, I, I'm excited to see what that group can do because. Uh, Brian, you can attest to it. Those, those top four names that I just mentioned, and you know you throw Watley and Dom in there as well. Those guys can probably get after the quarterback just as well as they were able to, to beat their man one on one as as stick and and fix system. So it's gonna be exciting. Yep. yep. But uh, other than that, I think that about wraps it up. Unless anyone else has anything football wise, I'm good. I think that was kind of all the uh, all the mentions needed, but uh, I think it's time for the mailbag now.
3: All right, little known fact, Natalie brings up Quick Paper Supply. They were the official paper supply uh, supplier of the Max
0: MacBooks.
3: No, the Max. You know what the Max is?
2: From Saved by the Bell.
3: There you go, Aaron. Goodness. They provided all the paper supply products for the Macs. PJ <laughs> Max.
2: TJ Maxx
3: saved by the bell
2: the um, diner where they all ate at man where
3: the diner where, everybody oh,
2: the, bell, hung out. where the only server that worked there was also named max
3: and a magician <laughs> he was also a magician uh, harry stone uh from night court also a magician he would do magic tricks uh during the uh proceedings quick paper supply your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products quick paper services over 150 restaurants. Weekly low minimum next day deliveries. Products like to-go containers, cups, pizza boxes, to-go bags, can liners, napkins. They've been open since two thousand nine. One of the largest minority-owned companies in the city. How, How they they are they
2: supplying free? the Max if they opened in two thousand nine? That doesn't even make sense. But not even they the did. college years
3: were. They on. didn't supply the Max, Aaron. It was a joke. Based on and, what now? In the
0: BBP world, just, they did, Aaron. I was
3: working in Natalie's reference, Aaron.
0: Don't put the train back on the tracks, Aaron. Jesus.
3: <laughs> Call Nick 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> you don't oh, know on hey, hey, this hey. Natalie? You don't like you don't like the Max reference?
0: All right. Wait, wait, before the VB mailbag, guys, uh, I just want to ask each of you where you were at and what was going through your head last night right before you got
3: to vote. vote on a, a name we got to like all the names that are going around for what to call this i think there's one that's very clear
2: the, i and like the hub, the hubbard yard dash
3: I, I liked that one until i heard the other one
2: i don't know if i've heard this other one
3: the fumble in the jungle
0: mm. The Rumble, i think the fumble,
3: the fumble in the jungle is is legit. it's 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 a song reference rumble in the jungle yeah. you could make music out like you could easily turn it into something i think fumble in the jungle is the one that has staying power it does
0: yes. yeah you fumble in the jungle we've got fun and games
3: right <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hell no. yeah no. no i'm talking about rumble in the jungle <sighs> Lost it's an actual
0: mind. song. I thought that was a boxing match.
3: It was a boxing match, but then it was also back. a song. Yeah.
0: But, Aaron, where were you? What were you feeling?
2: You're the big in Bangles my, fan. I was, I was in my living room. I lost my whole fucking mind. All of screaming, it? Screaming, screaming. Just screaming at the TV. Because they score there. They're going for two, right? I don't know how I didn't wake up the baby. It
1: but was yes, time.
0: They,
2: they did well, say did they... that they... They said they, they would have gone for two, and I think that they probably would have
1: gotten it.
3: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Just keep running that freaking power game. They were running, pulling That's, the guards. Yeah. Well, they
3: knew they weren't gonna score again, right?
1: Yeah, yeah and their offense play, looks right? terrible. I I it was like painful to watch Huntley back there. Just wasn't good. <laughs> Him trying no, to throw those
3: quick outs, like he was they, off by eight yards every time.
1: I mean they they one of the dumbest ideas ever by him. Like I, I was like completely dumb, dumbfounded. I, I couldn't believe how big of a critical error that was by him. The Bengals are the ball so ball. yes. W- one, you're you're. It's tied. It's tied. It's not fourth and Howard goal. It. It's not even third and goal, and he's at the. He's at the. He's past the one yard line, two, line. Basically. Up. Like, you are an idiot. Like, he's single. Like, I I was like, wow, dude. Like, that is just text. That is like simple fundamentals that you did. It's just. And, like, an I lost him them, lost them the game, too. I mean, they, they, you know, the actual dominated actual- the Bengals somehow and were able to put have themselves in a position and just completely shit the bed with a bonehead play.
3: <laughs> the actual MVP of that play is Logan not Wilson? Logan Wilson. No. It's DJ Reader. If you it look, up. if you look, he was triple teamed, and the reason Huntley was at a standstill trying to reach from nine yards away was because DJ Reader had him completely wrapped up. Dude's a freak. Up.
2: He's
0: such a freak. I, Let me know,
3: see it, if I can find it. I just it, saw a picture of it on Twitter shortly.
0: Hats off as well to uh, Dan Hord and Mike Tarico. They they both dominated Great that calls. Ball, Great dominated calls. It, Uh Really added to the... To the Way field better field than Al
2: Michaels. Field.
0: I know, man. He was getting yeah. dragged today. Yeah. He's getting dragged. But it's true. I mean, that field goal went through and he's like, and that's the game. Oh, there's a flag. <laughs> there's a flag. Did you oh, see somebody I'm did
3: gonna... a reenactment of like what it would have sounded like if Al Courtney Michaels no, did, called yeah. that play? And it was like, <laughs> and uh they stopped at the goal line There's a uh there's a fumble uh oh, that,
0: that ball's live
3: yeah that ball's live sam hubbard uh taking it the other way <laughs> and uh he's sat midfield he might he might score and well, the, the, they've got nice tony
1: to
3: they've got tony they've got tony dungy uh next to him going mm-hmm.
0: <laughs>
3: yep Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: You know, it, it reminds me of like I, I used to broadcast high school games where there's like no one in the gym, and you can tell the opposing coaches can like hear you talking. So like I would sometimes talk quiet, and then one day I was like, you know, screw it, I'm just gonna be loud and boisterous, and like the whole entire place was just looking at me the whole time. And I don't know, it was weird. He was he was very quiet, but who knows? <laughs> it's amazing play, amazing uh, time, and and now the. Bearcats and the Bengals run into yet another situation where a 1 o'clock tip-off on Sunday. Okay. yeah, AAC. is going to bleed more, more than likely into the start of the Bengals game. That uh, kicks off at 3. Just seven. barely, though. Just barely. Barely. It's, it's not as bad as the previous one. But yeah. it's going to still be a little bit uh, – or, or the previous one when it was the full game in the game. But – who knows? We'll we'll see. Just thought you you bangles lovers would, would probably Aaron, you were going crazy, I can only imagine. So Yeah, at that point I'd had about ten drinks too, so And you were starting to get into Dooms Land. <laughs> and I told, what did I tell you
3: yesterday, Aaron? That was gonna like that was inevitably a one score game. <sighs> inevitably.
0: You got the over though. It didn't matter. Over-hit. It doesn't
2: matter if you missed the the other part of the parlay. No,
0: yeah, I kept I kept yeah. hitting lives. I got the second half. Oh, we ended up doing all right. Ended up doing all right. I got
1: destroyed. I lost like a hundred. I bet fifty bucks on McCaffrey and Eckler to both have over eighty total yards, which I was in absolute shock that didn't hit. I thought that was guaranteed.
0: Instead of going At the third, touchdown route.
1: Yeah. And I, I was uh I was a travel Trevor Lawrence scramble away from like a plus two two fifty bet. It was like I, I cause I thought it was over. I was like, Oh, there's there's ten bucks down the drain and that literally Well,
0: just <laughs> well I had Chargers money line, so Yeah. At least Watched my
1: buddies through hundreds on that. I was like I I was like don't count them out and then i looked like the biggest idiot then i looked like a genius so you are a genius
0: <laughs> natalie
3: this is the this is the price you pay for cutting the cord she said she saw my oh my god tweet seconds before the play started this is why you have cable so that you can watch sporting events live and not 15 seconds after the rest of the world
2: <laughs> <laughs> right i have no i have no idea how i did not wake up the baby i'm
3: I, I, I had a moment when Kelsey was a baby that I legitimately scared the shit out of her. And it was Mary Clinchmas, Jabers. Uh, I had her on my lap, like in my arms and immediately went into a toss the baby, catch the baby uh, <laughs> celebration. <laughs>
0: yeah, we're doing it. We're doing it. Anna, away and away you in, go.
3: In a one fluid motion. As soon as he swung the bat, it was like, Oh, <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> she starts screaming. <laughs>
0: All right. Mailbag's pretty light today. Uh, totally worth uh, it. And and that was talking Gambling presented by Bet friends There, we go.
3: there you go. <laughs> you got you got any you got any gambling for this week, Brent? You want to get off your chest?
0: Uh, you know what? Not yet. Not yet. But uh I guess this is my only platform to talk about it, so Let's, let's let's ride the Bengals' money line. They're the hottest team in the AFC. Well, there's questions in the mailbag about it. Okay. All right. About betting.
3: We'll maybe there. we call your segment Brent Fred Sports. Oh. Instead of Bet Fred, Brent Fred I can, Sports.
0: I can get behind that. Brent Fred brought to you by Bet Fred. Very
3: good. <laughs>
0: All right. We'll
2: get there. I promise. Um, starting off in the, in the football portion of the mailbag. Can you confirm how transfers are locked into a school, like a high school recruit with an, NI, with an NLI, what is the equivalent for a transfer student?
3: It's when you show up and sit your ass down in class, that's when you're locked in.
2: We did discuss it last night in the nightcap because I too was confused and think that there should be a little more permanent way of locking a kid in after a com- uh, commitment. Well,
0: I transferred from IU to Cincinnati, if you didn't know that. But uh, enrolled in classes, but I didn't go to class. And then I returned to IU. So there's a little fun fact for you. If I can do it, they can do it, right?
2: Is Is that a baby that's not mine? Oh, it's the cat. I'm like the hell is happening.
0: Sounds like um, it,
2: yeah. What are the remaining needs on this roster? What do you Second, think, Brian? Secondary
0: receivers.
1: Uh offensive
0: line. think O line. I think O line big. Yeah, I'm gonna say um, O line and secondary. Yeah.
2: Receiver rooms pretty well they they've taken some big swings on that, so Yeah.
3: Still probably need one more slot receiver.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Helton and maybe Donley there. Do you need another tight end,
2: or you think you're good with the guy that you brought in on Shimon in
1: Shimon? Yeah, that should be good. And, and Peyton, sing, Peyton Singletary. Singletary. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I think I think you see what you've got in the spring.
1: Yeah.
3: Right? If you feel like you need another one, you go get one in the spring. But for right now, I think you, you see what you
2: have. All right. Uh, what transfer are you most excited for, and how many more do you think we could see before spring ball? When is the cutoff to enroll
1: before spring ball? I'm excited for that Utah State guy. Um, and, and the corner we just got, Young.
0: You love the defensive guys,
3: yeah.
0: Oh yeah, Aaron, Emory Jones.
3: Emory Jones. I think Emory yeah. Jones has got a chance to be really good.
2: Yeah, uh, for, me probably, for me, it's probably for me, it's probably D. Wiggins or um, the the receiver from
1: yesterday. I can't even keep track of all of these kids at this point. I wonder how much money we've uh, given. These guys.
3: Enough. <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> is that the right answer? Enough. Yeah, that is.
0: You know, another thing also though is is we, we mentioned the support staff out. You know, the whole Moneyball side of things, and they're really evaluating talent, this that, and the other. You know, what if they find like this guy matches with this guy. This guy fits this one thing that we're looking for. You know, even if they aren't all like huge big names and. You know, it's that and the other that. So I'm, I'm excited to see kind of where they're finding and, and putting these guys together. Because like Emory Jones, kind of struggled at Arizona State, but Arizona State was a complete mess. What if the the staff saw like I think Emory Jones has the potential to be one of the best quarterbacks in the country, and so they did all they could to bring in Jones. So I, I'm excited to see that. But overall, I I want to see the offensive line. Um, I think they have the ability to kind of really see what they can do with, you know, Luke Kandra and, and you know, Phil Wilder and Trevor Radosevich. So I, cause it's still one in the trenches, especially in the big 12 when you take that step up, who's going to really step up in that room and, and who else might they be able to add in that offensive line room? And uh, I don't know. Excited to see how that group meshes as a whole.
2: Uh, how many more do you think we could see before spring ball? When is the cutoff to enroll before spring, spring, um, spring ball?
3: The cutoff to enroll is pretty much right now. Like it's 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 going to be twisting some, some arms to get guys in for this semester. Generally, like you have to start classes by Friday. If you start the enrollment process now, you're gonna be right, like skinnier teeth. So, um, they're they're at the wire in terms of guys they can add for this semester, and be here for spring practice. All right.
2: So you're not anticipating?
3: Uh, maybe. I mean, like they would have to get, like it would have to be, like they're at they're at the wire. That's not saying like the wh- the horn has sounded. But the final seconds are on the clock kind of situation. Okay. We we're at we're past the final media timeout. How's that?
0: I like it. I like okay. it.
3: Try to make it topical.
0: There we go. All right. Um
3: That one should be in basketball. Yeah, come on, Todd. We already answered that. Get uh, how
2: how many draft commits should we? And do you expect to get drafted? In other words, what's the over under on draftees?
3: I haven't paid any. Like, if you guys have thoughts, go ahead. I haven't paid any attention to any of this right now.
0: Uh, Tyler Scott, Ivan Pace, Josh Wiley, Josh Wiley, Lenny T, Trey Tucker. Maybe. Trey, yeah, he'd be a 6 or 7. Depends on what he runs is 40 at. Yeah, true. Yeah, if he just blows everything, everyone away, which we expect him to. Um, yeah, if he runs a 4.29. Right.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He can. Yeah. We'll see. I um, uh,
3: that's probably everything. Even if he runs a – like if they run a – if Tyler and Trey run a 4.32 – they're going to have considerable buzz because it's going to be up there with the three or four fastest times at the combine. They just can't go out and run like a 4-4. Yeah.
0: And, I mean, the other names are like Arquan, Javon. Yeah. I mean. Was that five guys? Yeah. Five or six. Josh Lenny. Tyler Scott, Trey Tucker, Ivan Pace, five. Yeah. Set it at four and a half. Four and a half, yeah. Yeah. That's talking gambling
3: by Bedford Sports. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you.
2: All right. Basketball portion of the mailbag. Um, What's the story behind DeMar leaving the middle of the season for West Virginia? We did talk about that. Um, Are you gambling on any UC games this week? Anything look too good to be true? I guess or,
3: it's just the one, right?
0: Sadly, the lines don't come out until yeah, literally the Those day before. Time. But let's see here. Cincinnati's a three-point favorite on Ken Palm at, at South Florida. That's usually
3: I, about where the line starts. South Florida has, has not won a lot of games, but they've been pesky. They had the lead yeah. on Houston with like eight minutes at the under eight.
0: They did. They did.
3: They've been pesky.
0: You know, I'm going to take that, though, if, if that's what the spread is. In that game, okay. three. Yeah, if it's three, I'd I'd take Cincinnati because Cincinnati if it's three did and a half. Cincinnati, I'm still taking it. If, if it gets up to like four and a half, then I I will I'll stay away. Because then that that's kind of where you get in the free throw game after that. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Cincinnati kind of teeter totters with their with their performances offensively at least, where they're hot one game, cold one game, hot one game. So.
2: They're well, Davenport's due at this point, right? And He's
0: about an every-other-game guy. So. Right, exactly. Exactly. And, gosh, I would, I would love to close the book on the Yingling Center and on a high note, so why not?
2: Uh, DDJ is 8 for 38 from the field in the last four games. I don't – It's it's scary when you see it. Written like that. Uh, five for 19 from behind the arc and three for 19 from two. Did you see this coming? Can we continue to win with DDJ hitting 21% from the field? Is there an answer given the playbook is out on the shake and bake step back?
3: Keep shooting. Anything to add, Brent?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, with man, I, like
3: that's his game. Don't get away from what, don't. Ride the horse that got you here.
0: And, and, and you know what? The uh, the previous coach, he you can say what you want about him. Like, might remind you of some, some guys, you know, from that book series that J.K. Rowling wrote, you know, what is it, Harry Potter? He, he might remind you of one of those characters. But, you know, what? it's just he, he used to love that saying of, like, water finds its level and law of averages, this, that, and the other. I mean, Dave came out and he was on fire throughout the first half of the year. Um and then you know his, his shot hasn't quite fallen as much as it had in the beginning of the season, but uh, I think he's too good of a player, too good of a shooter. Where like Chad says, just keep shooting, and and he'll get hot again. And hopefully he's at the right time, and hopefully it's in the in the middle of a big game, and he's able to catch fire and uh, and continue picking up. I'm I'm not too worried. I think he's going to be all right.
1: All right, Ryan. Anything? Keep shooting. I'm with Chad. The only way out. I know you might get whiplash
2: the way we get excited and disappointed by this team, but is there a realistic path to the dance for our Bearcats that doesn't involve winning the conference tournament?
0: Whiplash would get excited definitely.
3: Um, Not really. I mean, I mean, if you win at Houston, that, right. That gives you something on your resume a little bit, you know, beat the number one team on the road. Uh, you'd have to, You'd probably have to be 13 and five at worst in conference to get into that conversation just because they didn't cash any of those checks in the non conference. And that's going to be looked at like, what did you do in the non-conference? Well, they didn't really do anything. They, they beat Louisville. Well, then I think they the had a really bad loss. Berg, I think the four of us in Berg could give Louisville a pretty good run for the money. Okay. Um, huh. I agree for what yeah.
0: time, I agree
3: Louisville's like 300 plus in Ken Palm. like it's yeah, it's it's atrocious it's unbelievable um, um the, the 13 of 5 in conference with a win over Houston and two wins over Memphis maybe maybe you get there at that point in time
0: split the series against UCF mm-hmm. uh yeah I I mean I I mean you gotta win at against Memphis at home on, on Sunday, which is just a massive game. Uh obviously you gotta beat South Florida first, but Sunday's really shaping up to be a true, important. true, yeah. truly important game. Because then you get a week off and then you have Houston at Houston. So go into that with a loss and who knows. Yeah. Zach, thank you, man. It's it's this
3: is an escape for me. A couple hours a week where I can kinda have some fun and right now derail podcasts talking about stupid shit that makes me smile. And I appreciate that you guys uh, understand that, even though I'm sure there will be some people that chime in in the <laughs> when I post this on the message board. Probably. Complaining that we didn't talk a whole lot of Bearcats. And to that I say, piss off!
2: All right. Uh, <laughs> and the, the banks portion of the mailbag. Skin says, good evening, gents. Since I do not know if Chad is going to be on the show, I guess I will go yeah, rapid fire. <laughs> uh, Queen City or Glears for
3: Geta? Glears. Glears. But don't sleep on Eckerline. If you haven't had Eckerline, get to Findley Market and get you some Eckerline. Geta, it's also very good. But Glears is Glears is the go-to. You a Glears guy, Brent?
0: for Ryan. Yeah, I yeah. like it.
1: I just have no experience, so I'm not even
3: going
0: yeah, to input. <laughs> Yeah, the only uh, time I've eaten it is when it's made for me. I've never gone out and purchased it myself. The hot
2: geta by Gleers is my jam. Fantastic. Oh yeah. my yeah. god. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um what is the best brand of ceiling fan? I think that's directly aimed at Ryan Royer. <laughs>
0: yeah. Ryan, take it away.
1: Uh the ones with the biggest petals. you know, we want maximum surface area impact, so <laughs> You know, the ones that's literally called big ass fans. That's a big yep, ass, yep. yep, yep. Haven't gotten my head into one of those, but it's been a <laughs> dream.
3: I <laughs> got my head into one of those.
1: It's been a dream I've had. For it's a on the wish list.
3: Now. So if yeah. you just walk into some, like if you walk into some young lady's apartment, one you I mean you have a girlfriend, I think, so I don't want to put you at like when I walk girl. into
1: her apartment, yeah. Yeah, when
3: you walk into her apartment, she gets a new apartment and all of a sudden she's got a big ass fan. She Are doesn't you have like, any.
1: She doesn't have any. I know, plans. but like,
3: so she gets a new apartment, right? And she's yeah. like, hey, come over and check out my new place. And you walk in and all of a sudden you open the door and it's like, "Oh!" Ah. <laughs> and there's, there's the, the big ass light, man.
1: Shining Are around. you like,
3: look, honey, I'm sorry, but.
1: I got to have some time with my buddy up here. Got, got some work to do. <laughs> we're
2: we're going to find
3: out that Ryan
1: got decapitated
2: one day by a ceiling fan that was just too fast. That's way He's to gonna go. He's going to come out. in and the
3: whole top of his head is going to be. <laughs> He's, He's going to look. At... Me.
0: Hold on. Hold on. Well, that'd be one hell of a documentary, though. I'll, I'll tell you what. Netflix just begging for it.
2: Um Lowe's or hold Home on, Depot. Hold
3: on, hold on, hold you on. You can
2: keep looking. We can go back to it. No, I already
3: have it. I already have it. <laughs> good Lord. We're going to we're going to Ryan's going to come in one day like this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good.
3: <laughs> oh,
0: wow. No. Oh man. Wow. Ryan, what
3: happened? Oh, <laughs> big ass, big ass fan. Big yeah. ass
0: fan guys. Sorry. <laughs> she she had a big ass fan. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Lowe's or Home
0: Depot.
3: I, I think he's asking uh, best brand of ceiling fan, do you get it at Lowe's or Home Depot? Uh, either way, <laughs> I'm I'm
2: a Lowe's guy. I prefer it to Home Depot. Home Depot always feels dingy. Okay.
3: I would say Lowe's.
0: Lowe's, yeah. Lowe's.
3: Lowe's has a better grill selection too.
0: Okay.
3: Usually when I go to a place like that, like I I spend 30 minutes, even if I'm there for something completely unrelated. <laughs>
1: Grills.
2: I spent thirty
3: minutes in the grill section. Like, ooh, what's the new? What's the new thing? And and do I have to rationalize spending eight hundred dollars to to bring it to the house?
2: Uh, would you rather be kneecapped or marry a Xavier fan?
3: Kneecapped. Uh, <laughs> kneecapped. For, for kneecapped.
1: She I don't think be it's, the best.
3: No, like, can you imagine sitting through a Xavier game? And having to, like, not want them to lose? No. And look, Xavier fans, like, we have a love-hate relationship, but there's a lot of love. Yeah. They've always been very supportive of Kelly and I. But you know what none of those Xavier fans do? Root for UC to win. I don't root for Xavier to win. So I don't know that I could, like, just stand idly by while my significant other... Is all out on cheering for Xavier to win, right? I think it. I think it's a deal breaker. <laughs>
0: yeah, I guess I kind of agree. I, I had a situation where she was a uh, Kentucky fan, and that was kind of interesting that's, within itself. Yeah,
3: that's just as hard. Yeah, but uh, yeah,
0: situation. I guess I guess that's a no deal for me. No deal. I mean, kneecapped.
3: What you're out for a couple weeks with a sore knee. Yeah. Yeah, you recover from this or, or,
1: or shattered? Or it's could shattered, have, right? <laughs> you could have a Kyle Bolden knee where a grenade went off in front of it.
3: <laughs> it did. Oh, that was so. That about was so bad to line. watch back. Yeah, just like to watch back, like oh, oh what, what I got a story.
1: Literally, we're in film talking about it, and Bolden's sitting in there, and Freeman's like showing the play and. Everyone, I mean, at least the people around me are trying so hard not to laugh. And Freeman keeps replaying it. And he's like, he's like, You think that shit's funny? Like, like asking like me or Perry. And I was like, it's not funny that he's hurt, but it looked hilarious. And Volta just said, like,
0: man, fuck y'all. I'm going in
1: surgery. I was it was
0: so funny. Deep down, Freeman thought it was funny too.
1: Yeah. Oh, he was egging it on. That's why he was that's what showing it so, over and over. Yeah. Yeah. That's what made him so good. He was just, he knew how to rile the guys up. Uh, follow-up question for Brent. How many countries have you
2: visited and have you ever woken up in a Spanish prison?
0: Oh, uh, let's see here. Well, I actually did a little research. Seven countries Did not wake up in a Spanish prison. I have woken up a few kind of crazy places. One was like, I I don't know. I could go on and on about the places I've woken up overseas across the pond, but uh, seven. And then I've also visited 26 of the 50 states. How about that?
1: There we go. (laughs) Chad just left.
2: (laughs) 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 And uh, what what side are your best bets on the game on Sunday?
3: I've been talking for like 5 minutes and I guess my shit just went out.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: it did. I thought you were just embarrassed that Brent was talking about how many states and countries he's visited.
1: Yeah, I thought so.
2: Too. No, I've
3: I've I've visited a shit ton of states and countries. I'm just not letting you off the hook without telling us your best I was out of the country and I woke up where oh, man. story. You don't have to tell uh, us all of them, but you got to sure. tell us one.
0: Okay. Um, we were at a wedding at a vineyard and I was awoken. In what country? It was in, it was in France. It was right on the, on the border of France and, and uh, Spain called to France. Uh, spelled P-A-U, but they call it to Um <laughs> and i was awoken by the uh, the bride's parents who were french and i was just passed out in the middle of the of, of the vineyard and no one was around <laughs> i just had wandered in the middle of the night cuz the weddings that they do over there they you start around like 9am right uh-huh they don't serve dinner until like 1am
3: Well, yeah, dinner in Europe, like, that's a late, like, like, it's, yeah. Well, no,
0: during a wedding. Well, just in general. They don't eat dinner there until,
3: like, late.
0: Going the whole damn day. And it went from, like, band to DJ to keep drinking to we're out eating grapes. And then I guess everyone goes to bed and I just decide this looks comfy. I'm falling asleep here. (laughs) But that's one of many. I've, I've got a few other weird ones. But, uh. There we you, want, you, you want mine? I want to keep mine even keel.
3: I'll keep mine fairly even keel, but it's not. Uh, I woke up in Amsterdam and realized that I had lost a day. Oh my
1: goodness. <laughs>
3: <Yeah. What? laughs> Holy shit. Are you aware of what mescaline is? No. <laughs> it's, it's used in like Indian uh, like like right of man rituals. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So. It's like a
1: hallucinogenic? Like.
3: Yes. um, Something along those lines. Correct. It is from uh-huh. the earth. So in Amsterdam, and this was in like 2001. At that point in time, Amsterdam was like, uh, as long as it comes from the earth, it's legal. Like uh-huh. it's good. So mescaline comes from the earth. It's kind of in a mushroom kind of category.
0: And
3: it, it, peyote yeah it's peyote the mescaline is the active ing- like thc is the active ingredient in marijuana mescaline is like the peyote like active like so we took some peyote in the morning when we woke up and i i i we went to the like the uh the museum district in amsterdam that day which was like we stayed In Dom Square, which is like the main center of Amsterdam, the museum district is a couple miles away. You can get there very easily by train or by tram or whatever. We didn't Mm -hmm. do that. Apparently, we walked uh, without a map, blindly, (laughs) in that general vicinity until we found it. Uh, Apparently, we saw the Anne Frank house. I don't remember it. (laughs) Apparently... We did like 12 hours of sightseeing in Amsterdam on a day that is not in my memory bank. I do not. I lost a day. (laughs) I woke up and I was like, all right, time to have a Thursday. And my buddy was like, Friday. And I was like, no, yesterday (laughs) was Wednesday. Here's what we did on Wednesday. (laughs) Yesterday was Wednesday. He was like, no, yesterday was Thursday. And we did all of this.
1: No, wow, sorry. that would scare me. I
3: <laughs> lost the day. That, that yeah. day does not exist in my brain. Yep.
1: Best Been day there. ever.
0: Been there, Chad. Been there. My infinite will a, not a, be a wicked, on the waves. It's a wicked.
3: <laughs> like apparently we had a great time. According to my buddy, who remembers a little bit more than I do, but not like a lot. But we had an awesome day. Oh, yeah. I just, I just I couldn't tell you anything about it. <laughs> so if anybody's like, you want some of this mescaline? I would say yes. But I would just <laughs> be prepared to not remember. Nah. Damn. <laughs> I was like, this is 2001. I was 24. 23. Right. I had not turned 23. So like, it was, you know, we would, that was our thing in Amsterdam, Royer, when we, when we got there. We just decided we're not going to take a map anywhere we go. We're going to map out what we're going to do that day in our hostel or in our room that we had rented, and then we're going to leave the map in the room and go do whatever it was that we had (laughs) decided we were going to do without any guidance. So we had to talk to people. We had to learn like the streets by like day five, we were there for eight, nine days. By day five, we knew Amsterdam. Like we knew yeah. go That's here, cool. turn right, go there, turn left. Like that was the whole point. If we're gonna be here, we're gonna master this shit. Um, but the first couple of days were rough. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I've got I'm another sure. story,
3: have got another story about ecstasy, but it's <laughs> for a different time. There we go. We did all of it. We did ecstasy. We did mushrooms. We did peyote. It's it's legal. Yeah. Why wouldn't you do it? Like we I were know. in our early 20s. It was, you know, it was just at the store. You just walked into the store and bought it. Like you buy a pack of cigarettes in America. I still think my favorite part though was everything when you bought it in Amsterdam at that point in time had like a, a pamphlet that came with it. Right. right. And it was like, if you do this. This is what's going to happen. This is how long it's going to last. This is what it's going to be like. This is how you chill yourself the fuck out. Uh all that stuff. So like the the space cake or the edibles. They had a disclaimer at the bottom of them that was like, "If you eat one of these and you don't feel anything in 45 minutes, don't fucking eat another one." <laughs> <laughs> It's coming. Just show the fuck out. It's coming. And most people did not adhere. That's why they had to put it on the pamphlet is because most people, that's the mistake they make with edibles as we're learning now in America. If you eat one and don't feel anything in 45 minutes, then you're like, I need another one. And then you're calling the ER like, I need help. (laughs) Amsterdam Amsterdam at, at twenty three in two thousand and one was that was a trip. <laughs> one of the days I will never remember for the rest of my life.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, to explain it a little bit, I'm not gonna mention my Amsterdam's, but we were the, the wedding that was in Pou, France. Yeah, the, the Bachelor party was, was three in days Amsterdam. in Amsterdam before we went down there. So
3: <laughs> we stayed in the red light district, Brett.
0: Do you yeah. know where the uh,
3: the the hemp museum is?
0: Yes. Yeah. We
3: stay two doors down on the second floor above the hemp museum, with oh, like yeah. a three bay windows just overlooking the yeah. red light district and the canal and the hemp museum all right yeah. there. It's beautiful. What well, the bluebird?
0: The bluebird. Beautiful is that in what many it was many called? ways. Uh, the
3: bluebird, the place that won the, the the cannabis cup.
0: Think so? Yeah, yeah. Okay.
3: That was like. At the end of, like, right at our corner on the end of our block, it was a long week. Yep, it was, a week. It was a great week. It's a great week.
0: Brian, Aaron, have you guys hopped the pod? So, no, I have not. I've been
1: wanting to, but haven't
3: had the time. Obviously, BCJ field now. trip. Where are we going? <laughs> Somebody <laughs> wants to donate like ten grand. I'll take the BCJ crew to. Amsterdam, and we'll do a pod from there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have to be a responsible father now. No. You you can have, like, a four-day vacation. Not in Amsterdam.
0: Aaron, I've got, like, ten friends that all have children. You can can have
3: fun. I'm almost 40. I'm 45, and I'm still down. Nah.
2: Um, Brent, Fred... Sports. Basically talk about your bets on Sunday and let's get let's get 100. out of here.
0: You know what? I I feel like that number is gonna keep on rising for Buffalo. Uh because I think that injury reports will come out. I think that uh you know people are gonna start siding with the Bills. But you know what? That Bengals defense is gonna keep it close. The Bengals are hot, man. The Bengals are hot. I think if the number gets up to like six,
1: I think the Bengals have a lot to play for too after right, that baby. first. I mean, right. they want yeah. they wanted that yeah. game. They wanted to play that game. So, I think they're going to have a little chip on their shoulder. Um, and I think their offense was humming. Yeah. So, expect that to be same case. I know they didn't look as good.
0: But that, um, that defense of, of the Ravens just. Yeah, they gives,
1: got a really good defense. Gives Joey Fitz. Bowie, yeah, I, uh, the Bills don't have that. They don't have that right. secondary at all, the linebacker. I mean, Milano is pretty good, but. Basically, everywhere else, the Ravens are better. It, a little thin it, safety.
0: It doesn't it seem like teams are starting to figure out Josh Allen a little bit? How to at least contain him? A little bit, yeah. I think, yeah, I think
1: Josh just plays crazy. Like, that's why, right. you know, those some of those passes are going to be highlight, like unreal passes. And then sometimes it's just going to be like we talked about with Ben, it might just be. One step on the receiver, different. One step on the DB, different. That goes but, from an amazing ball to be. What the fuck is he doing? So
3: and that's that his style. Team just makes plays, Royer. That I know he just makes plays.
0: It's gonna be a great game. I'm excited. It's yeah, I, I mean, I would take Cincinnati. I mean, what is that five right now? I think two five right now. Yeah, I think if it if it trickles up to six, definitely take Cincinnati Um because. Numbers matter, and, and six is the number that matters. Still at five, I'll I'll take them, but not as many units and spr- sprinkle a little bit on the money line because they're the hottest team in the AFC. And like like Ryan said, they were showing some things in that first game against Buffalo that they were ready to go. So I think they try and carry that over and and uh, see what they can do here, guys. What what are you doing, Aaron? I don't know. I. I blew all my
2: free bets on on the game yesterday and didn't hit any of them uh, because I was I was close, hit the over, but right. didn't hit didn't hit the spread.
3: I warned you not to take take the points.
0: You should have bought down to seven at least. What? What do you mean bought down? Like you can buy down. Like you can just. Raise I don't know if you eye. can on the free bets. Oh yeah. Because I had most at seven on the, the game lines. But, yeah. yeah. Didn't have that. It's okay, Aaron. There's, mm-hmm. there, it's just money. There's more of it. You can get it. Bat-
1: I Keep that in. Yep. You can win some more. That's the best way to do it. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. I appreciate
3: all of you indulging me tonight and not getting pissed off for my brain. Just <laughs> not giving a shit about sports, really, at this moment. And... Thanks. <laughs> we love
1: we love chopping it. You don't got to thank us. Come on. Right. No,
3: I'm talking about the people listening. Like, understanding. Uh, yeah. that? Like, Not no, us.
2: Just the I people know, I'm
3: listening. I'm, I'm paying you. Fuck y'all. <laughs> fuck, fuck y'all. You're gonna deal with my shit one way or the other. I don't care. I'm yeah. talking about the people listening. Like, look, I just needed. I needed to have fun tonight, and uh, talking about 80 sitcoms just happened to be the vehicle. And trips to Amsterdam.
0: Yeah. <laughs> those are both fun things. Why not?
3: Oh, so. uh, we're gonna send. We're gonna send if if it, we don't do the group trip, we're just gonna send Royer with the GoPro to Amsterdam. Oh
0: Christ! <laughs> <laughs>
3: somehow,
2: <laughs> get somehow, <laughs> somehow, somehow get him there with
0: Royer out on these solo missions. let me go chaperone him. Somehow get him there with Dana beers. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes, sir. <laughs> I don't know that they let Dana beers out of the country. Like that, that might not be. He allowed. might be on a no-fly list. <laughs> <lens. laughs> he might be. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a, that might be a no. Uh, but yeah, I appreciate you guys. Game's Wednesday, right, Aaron? Yeah. Yeah. USF. All right.
0: Yeah. Is so we'll be here. Yes. Plus, seven
3: o'clock. Yeah. We'll be, Oh God. The plus. So we'll be, we'll be back Thursday with an early, probably seven 30 version of the BCJ pod. Yeah. Rock the truth at nine. Um, carry it out from there. So uh, appreciate you guys, all your support. Like it, your ability to lift Kelly and I up is amazing. Even things are bad right now, man. They're got to get her ass back on track. It's, it's been a shitty fucking week, but she's still fighting her ass off. So that's all we can ask for. And uh, you guys are every day helping to make that easier. So, Get us out
0: of here, Brent. That's so what we're here for, it, Chad. We love you, brother. Uh, you know what? Special shout-out. Thank you to Danco Transmission. Special thank you also Quick Paper Supply. Uh, game on Wednesday, as mentioned, USF. Then a big one on Sunday. BCJ will have you covered from everything on through that week. But for my guys, my partners, my dudes, Aaron Smith, Chad, Brendel, and Ryan Reuter, I am Brent Young yet again. Another fantastic BBP presented by Bearcat Journal. Пока. Сея!